Welcome back to episode 97. Today's guest is, for a brief period, or was, my Kyokushin instructor, Laszlo Anthol. Now, Laszlo came from then-communist Hungary. You know, way back when was the former Austro-Hungarian emperor, but when he was there, it was Hungary. And it was part of the former USSR's communist regime. Though they had a little bit more freedom, as he mentioned uh, in his story. He came here to Canada when he was 18, and he came here with nothing. And again, in the podcast, he talks about his immigrant story, very much the classic immigrant story. came here with nothing, and now he has something. He made something of himself. But he originally found Kyokushin in Hungary, and eventually continued his practice in Canada. And uh, he is now a third Dan Kyokushin black belt and sensei. Now, just to reiterate, uh, Sensei Laszlo is here representing himself and in no way, shape, or form is representing any official Kyokushin organization or in any capacity. This is just a conversation between me and him, and the opinions shared and his story are his alone and not that of any official organization. We talked about so many things, but the reason I had him come on was because another individual who's from a former communist country is very concerned about the direction that Western governments are taking right now. Uh, in particular, uh, before the pandemic and uh, now during the pandemic. Now, with regards to the conversations and how he's feeling, here's a little bit of a clip. Uh, freedoms being stripped away. I think people, they need to um, ask more questions, being a little bit more engaged. Uh, you, you cannot... Um, function and uh, live in a free society with these type of restrictions and and uh, creating this uh, two-tier society. Uh, I, I I think we are uh, we are again at, at this uh, you know at, at crossroads and and if we're not going to uh, look at the big picture and and start having meaningf- meaningful conversations to to break everything down what's what um we are going to end up you know in a very dark place uh very soon i so what do you think you will find over and over and over again people who left communist regimes will say very similar things that they are exceptionally concerned about the direction of western governments now this podcast goes all over the place but first, this podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Kramaga, turning lambs into lions since 2013. You can train with us in person, www.urbantacticskm.com if you're in the Metro Vancouver area. We do not discriminate. That should be obvious. And if you're unable to train with us in person, we have a website called www.utkmu.com. It is a supplementary website. It doesn't. I don't hand out belts. It's mainly to supplement your current training with us or any other Kramaga organization out there or simply to expand your knowledge on how we present the information to our students. Currently, there is the white and novice, uh, white, yellow, and orange belt curriculum up uh, as I'm getting a expanded sort of small studio soon. Martial arts, I will be able to film a lot more hopefully and expand this website further but if you want to learn online or follow along with us you can do so at www.utkmu.com you can of course check out various topics of interest on www too many w's 
utkmblog.com, various posts from myself, ideas, thoughts, and from now students. And if you would like to contribute a story or your experience or something about self-defense, you can submit to uh, info at urbantacticscanada.com. We will not publish everything, but if we like what you're sending us and we do publish it, we will give you three months free at www.utkmu.com. You can also take your firearms licensing course with us if you're in the Metro Vancouver area. That, again, is on our regular uh, website, www.urbantacticscam.com. Click on the CF Canadian Firearm Safety Course tab. It says CF Canadian Fire F Safety Course, SC. Yeah, I always screw that up. That tab, and you'll see our available dates. Limited space. Sign up early. Don't sign up last minute because spaces fill up. Also follow us on Instagram, Urban Tactics Kramaga, and Urban Tactics Kramaga on Facebook, and Urban Tactics Cam on that cesspool that is Twitter, but some of you use it, so there is that. Okay, so we cover a whole bunch of stuff on this podcast. We start very much uh, talking about martial arts, uh, his experience with Kyokushin, discipline, uh, self-defense, and then we branch off into his experience growing up in Hungary, uh, communism, what's going on in the world, eventually Inevitably, we find our way to the pandemic near the end of the podcast. Um, because there's so much in this podcast, I'm not going to go through uh, and get the timestamps. I just don't have time for that right now on this particular podcast because it's such a deep, 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 long conversation and I don't have an assistant. So, but this, this, I think, is a good one of the, my more my favorite ones I've done in the last little while. No offense to the other guests, but just the, the depth and knowledge that we of Laszlo and that we went into everything. And I'd like to say Laszlo uh, continues to say, well, I'm not an educated person, as in he doesn't have a PhD, he doesn't have this, but you can hear how well-read he is for someone who claims not to have an education. And I would really like to point out that this idea that you being educated in the 21st century means it's a piece of paper, it's not. It's about knowledge. You can read, you can find uh primary sources on the internet you can listen to interviews of people you can listen to podcasts you can do all sorts of stuff education is about knowledge and the application of it not some ivy league institution that gives you a piece of paper so i really do hope you enjoyed this episode it's a long one but it's totally worth it Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system, it is a way of life. Warrior's Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions. Welcome back. I am here with one of the many 
Uh, martial arts instructors I've had over the years. Uh, for a brief time, I did uh, a form of karate, and I'm here with uh, Sensei Laszlo Antal. How are you today? Pretty good. It's good to be with you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super glad to have you on. This is going to be a fun podcast. Uh, we've had a pre-discussion, and I can tell this is this, you have a lot, lot of things to uh, to say. So let's just start with the easy, easy part: is how did you get into the martial arts? For sure. And um, yeah, before we get into that, I just want to say it was uh, great reconnecting with you. And um, I remember, uh, you know, those times when when you joined our classes and um, it was a a lot of fun uh, training with you. Uh, I I also just want to uh, uh, set the parameters a little bit about our conversation tonight. And and I'm not here to represent any organization. And this is just a a friendly conversation Mm -hmm. between uh, two friends. Um, so yeah, I, I got into martial arts when I was uh, pretty young in uh, elementary school, uh, 1984, and um, uh, the, my first uh, training was actually in, uh, in the school. It, it was through my phys ed teacher. Uh, he was, I think, a yellow belt in, in Kyokushin Karate, and um, it, it was sort of like a self-defense program, which I, I really enjoyed, and, and I really got into it. Um, and, and so he introduced me to uh, a, a club uh, on, under the, uh, the, the Kyokushin organization and under the Kyokushin umbrella. I, I almost um, immediately fell in love with uh, the whole organization, the, the way it was structured, uh, the way the, 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 uh, all the coaches and the teachers were um, uh, holding the classes and looking after their students. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, it, it was just, uh, it, it became a lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, that's actually, you know, a lot of people, the people who enjoy martial arts, regardless of the style, make it a lifestyle but versus those who are just doing it for a very specific purpose usually fade away after a while. And, and, and that's what happened with me too. You know, it was, um, um, I, I think, another five friends uh, from school. And, uh, you know, within the first year, I, I was the only one standing. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, afterwards, I, um, I, I was just so inspired by, you know, the, um, the, 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 the multifaceted, um, you know, aspects of, of Kyokushin and, and Karate. And, and for me, it, was, it wasn't just the physical training, but, you know, I, I really started a, a, a journey of, of um, self-exploration and, and uh, personal betterment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since then, I, I look at the world a little bit differently, and, and I, I, I tend to have a, a, a spiritual approach to most things in life. And, and that's what I was teaching to my students as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know... Uh, we were discussing this the other day. It's a lot of people nowadays in the modern times are very turned off by the spiritual aspect of, of martial arts. Now, I mean, I teach Krav Maga and people are often say, oh, I want to do Krav Maga because you, there's none of that stuff. But the way I run my club, there is some of that stuff because if you're going to stick around, uh, I want to make it a more holistic approach to things. And some people hate that. But, you know, what I often say, you know, the, the, the pyramid of white belt to black belt, you know, 10,000 uh, white belts, one will become a black belt. And when you start to realize that's the norm in any martial arts, you're realizing, OK, I need to change 
what I'm teaching, because I'm specifically teaching self-defense in with the Kramaga perspective. So it's what do I need to get people? If I'm assuming people are only here for six months or three months, what do I need to teach them that's going to be more useful than the techniques versus something like karate? It, it takes a long time to really get your head around it. Um, so what, what specifically like in, in the, in the style you practice the spiritual aspect, like what, what asp elements of it are you specifically talking about? And, and, you know, you, you hit that on the nail. Um, when, when, uh, students join a martial arts, uh, club, you know, and, and, and the parents will bring their kids to, to learn, you know, discipline and, and to get a little bit stronger and, and more healthy. Um, I think that's a good start. And, and, uh, there are so many, uh, different styles, you know, from one instructor to the next. I, I, I think, um, with traditional martial arts, what is so beautiful is, um, is the spiritual aspect and 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 you have to realize that you can only compete and and fight in tournaments while while you're still able physically mm -hmm. and and so a lot of young people they are motivated by let's say testosterone or or they just want to get in there and 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 they are only looking looking for um you know that aspect of athleticism and and, and, and to prove themselves, you know, strong and, and manly. And, and, uh, and later on, I, I also want to talk about the ladies mm -hmm. uh, because that's, that, that's also uh, uh, another very interesting um, uh, topic, how martial arts are becoming very popular with, uh, with women. Mm -hmm. But um, when, when I look at martial arts, I, I also want to... Um, start thinking about you know people and and how to bring that circle complete and and you know as i start you know as you said a, a white belt and then after so many days and years of training you will be promoted and and you will make it to a black belt and and i'm a, a third then um a third degree black belt now in in kyokushin um, but by the time you get there, um, you, you also learn so much about yourself as a person, as, as, a, uh, as, as a fellow uh, karateka where, where you are also building friendships and, and you work on camaraderie and, and, and you're also giving back to the community as much as you can, uh, whether it's opening your own club and start teaching kids and making a difference in the community and giving a place um, for uh, for people to come and and do something useful and and constructive, um, and and sometimes you know the uh, the general population oftentimes they look at martial arts as, as something horrible or, or violent, and and that could not be further from the truth. Um, martial arts are, are 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 really really amazing when when also you look at the the, the historical aspects of of martial arts and and how they. Uh, developed and and the whole evolution of martial arts going back to India in in the um, uh, you know in the early days in the in the 500s and then later on how it uh, spread to uh, further in in Asia in in Korea China Japan etc and then how also modern karate was was introduced to the Europeans and 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 then to the rest of the world. 
um, it, it was it was embraced by all cultures uh, because it was more than just a sport. It was um, it, it has religious principles um, and 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 the the way you're interacting um, with your uh, teammates or, or your fellow karatekas and, and martial artists. Um, it, it is just, um, a, a, again, a, an, an amazing way to um, make this world a better place. Right. It, it forms a lot of friendships, and, and it's constructive, and, and it helps societies as a whole. And, and that's what I see in, in martial arts. Right. When it comes to um, yeah, your comment regarding the, the modern right. uh, martial arts and, and it's sometimes being commercialized and um, we, we look at uh, you know, television events, you know, whether it's um, the UFC or, or, or some of these other uh, you know, mixed martial art events and, and sometimes people, they go into that to make money, let's say. Um, again, I'm I'm not here to judge, and I'm I'm I I, I don't want to say the wrong thing uh, because I I have great respect for anyone who puts in so much effort into their training, and 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 also to uh, uh, improve their uh, you know finances or or, or to make money uh, doing martial arts really really well. And and I would also like to to think that all these great fighters, whether it's it was in in boxing or UFC or or professional wrestling, uh, that many of these successful uh, people who are uh, more on on the uh, the sport side and and maybe not focusing too much on on the, uh, the the spirituality side of things, that they're also giving back to the community one way or the other. And, and, and inspiring young people to get into martial arts. And then it will be up to those clubs and, and instructors. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, uh, the different, like, I would say because in modern times for the sake of commercializations, a lot of styles, some styles of karate, uh, taekwondo or other styles, while they may have their origins in real-life combat and, and whatnot, they've become more arts and less martial and it's supposed to be both. Now, um, for me personally, you might disagree. I don't like doing katas. I don't find interested. I know for many people, they're very spiritual and mental and that. I just not interested in that um, personally. And, and I, I can get into why. Um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Do you remember what I was saying? Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, and I, I totally get that. Yeah. And, and so I hate it, katas. yeah. And and you know I'm a pretty big guy, you know, six two. Um, oh. my, my my weight was was always you know fluctuating, yeah. and and sometimes I was pretty meaty and and muscular. Right now I'm pretty lean and toned. Um, and and you know, for for me to get into you know fights and just kind of focus on sparring when I was younger, uh, that 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 was, uh, yeah, that was my biggest thing. And mm -hmm. then later on. I started discovering the importance of good technique, mm. and and I, I realized that when when I, as I was fighting, that my techniques were really not all that clean, and you know the way I was throwing my punches and and kicks and and the way I was posi positioning myself or or the the way my opponent managed to get me off balance, mm. um, 
it it made me reevaluate my approach to training. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had quite a few conversations, uh, you know, with my instructors, whether at first in, in Hungary where I started, um, and, and by the way, that's where I was born and raised, in, in Hungary, Budapest, and then later on when I moved to Canada, I, I continued with uh, some amazing people. Some of them are, are the best in the best, um, best of the best in, in the world um, when it comes to teaching and developing Kyokushin further and further. Um, and, and, and so kata training became uh, a new discovery for me, mm-hmm. um, and, and it made me feel so good that I can finally move a little bit more gracefully. Mm-hmm. And again, for big guys like me, uh, to, to be able to put those combinations together nicely in one fluid motion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to also when I teach it to my students, um, it, it, it makes it much easier because mm-hmm. it, it will showcase the beauty of of that individual technique or or a combination of of many different techniques um and so that's why i think for instructors it, it is very important to break those different aspects of training down and and to look at the basics the moving basics um and and then the, the kata is right there uh with those moving basics those are the combinations that these formal exercises and, and and all these wonderful um, uh, um, parts of of training, which at first looks a little bit tedious and and boring, will lead to something really awesome. Mm. When when you start, you know, working on your fighting techniques and you start sparring, all of a sudden you feel more centered and 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 you have a a much better footwork and and movement and and the way you. Uh, set up that punch or kick or that block um, and and it takes many many years to to get to that point and some people will never get there or, or even people who will finally get there by then you're too old hmm. you're full of arthritis a uh, few knee operations yeah I'm already there <laughs> uh, yeah there you go same here so um, I, I, I think uh, that's why we keep returning to the basics hmm. and and um, when when you train in karate and, and, and you do high repetitions of punches and kicks, it is just to build up that muscle memory mm-hmm. and to to enjoy and, and people will learn to enjoy that high repetition. Mm-hmm. People who don't and and they want instant gratification and again I'm I'm not here to judge and I'm I'm not you know trying to criticize different mindsets mm-hmm. um, because there are so many different ways to train. And, and whatever works for you, uh, for, for other, uh, you know, people and, and uh, especially kids, the attention span is, can be very short with children. Mm. Af- after two minutes, you know, they're gone and, and they're yeah. just going to do their own thing. So it's very important that you mix things up a little bit. You make it interesting, the, the way you speak, the, the way you inspire them. Um, and, and, and so that's my take on uh, focusing on on all these elements mm. of of martial arts, you you can't have one without the other. If you ignore one because it's not your favorite, it will come back to bite you later on. Mm. 
And um, I mean, right now, uh, you know, with the COVID lockdowns and uh, me keep going back to the doctor with my knee, um, I, I moved out of Vancouver to Abbotsford. I had to close down my, my club and I, I started uh, training with uh, on, on another amazing instructor in Langley who just recently retired. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, because of my work and, and because of my health issues right now, I with my knees, I, I just can't uh, uh, take that on and I have to have to take a little bit of break. I'm, I'm hoping to go back and, and start training and, and teaching uh, maybe later on this year or, or early next year. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Kyokushin Karate and, and martial arts in general, um, I, I think is, is, is just so colorful, I, I just can't get enough. Mm -hmm. And when I was watching you guys uh, train Krav Maga, mm -hmm. um, and you know, it, it was, um, I, I was getting ideas. And, yeah. and I think, you know, instructors too, um, they, they need to stay open-minded. Mm -hmm. Uh, they need to acknowledge that whether it's Taekwondo, whether it's Krav Maga, whether it's Jiu Jitsu, um, they have their own merits, and and you you would never um, compare styles in a way that you know which one is better. Mm. I I hate that. Mm. I I think they're all awesome in in their own rights. Uh, they have their useful applications. They have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I I think there are only maybe bad instructors hmm. and and your experience as a student um will, will be such hmm. and then you will reflect on on that experience and you will say oh yeah a few years ago i i did uh, whatever and and it was horrible or, or or it was awesome but what what makes it horrible or awesome is the instructor hmm. and and so that's that's my thought on yeah. on that so I, uh, now I remember what I was saying the, regarding the kata, because it very much sounds like for you the katas were a way to improve your combat skills, which that's what I was sort of insinuating, that you were combining both the martial and the arts, but let's say some forms of martial arts nowadays are going so much arts where the people who don't like to fight and only want to do kata competitions, but you watch them compete when they do fight, and it's like that's not real fighting anymore. Uh, in certain styles, I won't name, drop names, but we all know what they are. Uh, and I even I've met people who are like, "Yeah, I can fight on my black belt." And then it's like, "How much of your training is actual contact?" Oh, n I don't like that, mm -hmm. and they avoid it like the plague. And then you, it shows both in their teaching that they don't really understand real combat, and also that the way they're teaching is more arts. Uh, and martial that's what MMA kind of did is it kind of blew a lot of that stuff out of the water um, you know MMA obviously at, at any given time anyone can beat anyone when there's a set of rules it could be fatigue it could be mental it could be whatever that's why the best and the best will lose eventually uh, when it's life and death however things start to change a little bit and all of a sudden that person with poor technique but the willingness to kill will, will come out on top so I think it's a uh, if you're using katas for the purpose of enhancing your combat, I think that's what the original purpose was. But a lot of these styles are not doing that anymore. Uh, sort of you thoughts on that or without getting too? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, and I, I, I tend to agree. And, and, you know, one of the reasons why I, I prefer Kyokushin Karate mm -hmm. is because of that realistic contact. Yeah. And uh, Kyokushin in the early days too uh, was highly criticized yeah, uh, for being for brutal. The, for being brutal, and, <laughs> and, and uh, to, just to cut in there, I can sag out more bruises from training with you than I ever did with anything else. 
<laughs> well, you know, I I had my good and bad days, and 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 again, um, uh, building friendships. I think that one of the best ways to to form f- friendships and and camaraderie is through that realistic contact. Mm. So when you and I were sparring, um, you know, I I always told you guys that you can go full power mm. with me, uh, with each other. Try to do full contact but carefully mm. because we we also want to go to work and and go to school the next day and and obviously we don't want to mm. you know go home with broken bones um but kyokushin karate uh has you know great practical applications in the military with the the, the police departments around the world and and you know in in hungary uh shian kalman furko who sadly just passed away he was one of the the biggest influencers and um he um uh, he also taught and 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 trained soldiers uh with kyokushin karate mm. so the, the the famous hungarian uh paratroop, paratroopers and and his commando unit was trained all day all night by kyokushin karate mm. uh and and so when when you're talking about the um that that rea- the, the the realistic uh, combat abilities of people, um, I I 100% agree with you mm-hmm. that students in in all martial arts style should experience that. Uh, if later on they want to branch off a little bit and they want to specialize in one thing, you know, versus the other, I respect that. And and going back to the ladies now, mm-hmm. uh, and and not to pick on ladies because I'm I'm so impressed. And and you know my daughter who. Uh, trained in Kyokushin also for uh, many many years, ever since she was four years old, mm-hmm. uh, and and she reached the uh, the showdown level um, in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, after so many years. So she was born in 1994. Uh, she started training in '98. So it, it was quite a long journey. It is one of the the hardest uh, black belts to get in mm-hmm. the world, uh, if not the, the the most difficult one. I think next to the the Shaolin. Um, uh, discipline um, and it's 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 quite a a, a, a hard uh, long test mm-hmm. and and you know she also entered uh, full contact tournaments mm-hmm. uh, quite a few and, and she also won uh, many you know local events and and uh, even the the, the Canadian uh, championship on on the west coast so I, I couldn't be more proud um, you know of of my daughter and um, more and more women are are getting into the full contact mm. aspect of of martial arts. But for the the most part, I I think it is also nice that the martial arts world is also accommodating uh, to to people who are maybe on the the gentler side, mm. and and people who are drawn towards. Um, uh, you know the the, the technical uh, side of, of of martial arts, where where the the art is, is is so captivating that that they would very much like to enter kata tournaments and mm. and for the rest of their lives they just they they combine you know meditation with uh, with with kata training and 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 they're still there training with everybody else in terms of doing their their cardio and and techniques and and you know all the rest but not everybody was built 
for fighting. Mm. You, you and I, we enjoy it because... Well, you know, I don't know if I enjoy it. It's just what <laughs> I ended up doing. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I get that comment too uh, often that um, some people, they they did not enjoy fighting with me. Mm. Um, and, and I'm like that too. Some, some of my uh, training partners before too, I, I find them to be awkward or, mm. or, or we did not really click and, and fighting some people feels a little bit awkward. Um, sometimes, you know, if, if they're much better than you and, and they, um, they, they end up kind of beating you up, Mm. um, for, for some people that's discouraging and, and they don't want to do that anymore. Mm. And some people, that's why they go over to maybe Kata or, or their training interest will, will also, uh, will be a little bit different, uh, from that point on. Uh, but then again, some people will, will be motivated to work even harder Mm. And, and, you know, in, in uh, karate, we, we have uh, a, a lot of maxims and, and, and you know, philosophical, uh, you know, thoughts that, that, that we like to practice. And uh, we, we, we have this, this one word, uh, os, mm. which, uh, which means really that we'll, we'll persevere under pressure. That, yes, we, we understand what, what this is, and we're going to live in that moment, in, in, that, in that bubble where we're going to put 100% focus into that one true act. And, and, and that, that's kind of like a, a segue into other samurai philosophies or, or, or maxims where, um, you know, samurais before they, they went to battle to, they, 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 they had to really, really focus on, on how they're going to win the fight mm. and and their life philosophy was that you know every technique needs to be perfect mm. you, you you can't just throw techniques willy-nilly and 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 you see that in fights so often and, and that's why I, I love kendo kendo is one of the most amazing uh martial arts out there because it's about precision uh 100 dedication living in that moment um and and the samurais always said you know one one stroke one life mm. so and and in kiyokushin we translated that into uh, a phrase that is that uh that says ichigeki hisatsu which means one punch um one punch kill mm. uh, and and so that's why we have knockdown tournaments it's it's not a point system Although we, we do give half a point and a full point uh, for effective techniques that, mm. that will bring up an opponent down for less than three seconds, that's half a point. And if it's more than three seconds and it, the person won't be able to continue after mm. three seconds, that's a full point and, and that constitutes a, a knockdown. Um, but, but again, it's um, n- no, no gloves, no protectors, uh, for the, the open division, for children, obviously we introduced protective gear and we want to keep them safe and, and we want to ease them into that full contact gradually and safely. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's, my, I, that's my take on um, full contact versus you know, other ways of looking at martial arts. And, and the older I get, the more understanding I get. Uh, you know, when I also looking at older people who, who would still very much like to keep practicing martial arts and, mm. and they want to stay in it until their 80s uh, or as long as they live. 
and, and, and also make a difference by coming to the dojo, inspiring young people, teaching them, helping them. Um, and, and obviously at the age of 80 or, or, or 90, you won't be able to, you know, go in there yeah. and start sparring. Right. Yeah. So, so th- that, that, uh, journey, that, that personal journey that everybody will take, um, you know, there will be certain highlights and, mm. and there will be certain things that people will be focusing on, on more. And, and you never know if, if you stick with the student, um, with, with that certain attitude, uh, someone who really do, does not want to enter tournaments, they are too shy, they're too scared. They're, they're very timid, you know, that's their base nature. Um, and if you keep encouraging them, you know, to, to, to just keep on coming to training and, and, and slowly they will have small successes you know with certain things you never know they might surprise you next year Mm. yeah and it's so that approach like modern day people's relationship with death is very very removed and a lot of probably because of hollywood's people's views on life or death combat are very incorrect so like what you were saying about that knockdown because let's say i knock you to the ground in a combat field you're probably dead because you're either getting a boot to the face or a sword or knife on the ground and so that that sort of training methodology is more conducive to life or death combat than it is sports fighting because in a life or death combat i only need to stun you long enough to kill you versus the sports combat i we have time to play and recover and go back and forth and and you know show heart for the samurai you know kendo uh, the samurai basically you know ninjutsu uh, judo, modern jiu-jitsu, all that. Uh, karate, to some degree, and again, you correct me if I'm wrong, comes from that. Although Okinawa, I'm not sure when Okinawa was part of Japan. You you might know more than me that. Um, but like people often think incorrectly, like, oh, the samurai sword, they fight like the Europeans. It's like, no, that sword's not designed for that. And you actually see the recreation combat nowadays in like Russia or even Japan where they put on the old armor and they draw the fake swords you know, you draw your katana. If you miss that first strike, it's the next. I forgot the names, the medium one. And then you're in the judo. Then you're in the jujitsu. And because of the armor, that's why uh, wrist locks were so effective for the samurai, but less so effective in, in sort of when there's no armor. Uh, you have to either be really good at a wrist lock or the person has to have no clue what's going on and be unaware. Um, and that's created like a false idea of like even the Bushido code, which is a more modern invention. It's not in the, you know, old Shogun days. They didn't really have that. Uh, there's that fantastic Netflix series on, on the Jap- uh, on early Japan in uh, when they sort of unified Japan. Uh, it's a fantastic series and it gives you, you know, they're talking about one of these battles in 15 minutes with swords. They killed 2,000 people. And in order to do that, you have to be c- incredibly efficient in the way you're moving to run through that many people in 15 minutes. And, and I think modern day people, they just don't understand that, uh, that the realization that when death is on the line, everything changed. Cause like Krav Maga, for example, Krav Maga's have been having an issue in the last few years where they've been softening the training because they don't want to injure the soldiers because say a special force soldiers is a million dollars and that's taxpayer money out the window. So they keep softening it. They used to like Kyokushin do punches to the face with bare knuckles in the old days in the 70s in training. They don't do that anymore. Now they're fully padded up, but it, cre- it has created in, in, incorrect technique. And what you started to see in the big Krav Maga organizations was even the ones that are still doing proper self-defense was that they're not developing the combat skills because people don't like that. And you're starting to see like people like me reintroduce sparring 
and other people left the big organizations because it's like no you have to do sparring you can do it safely we do it safely you know face mask gloves so that you can still make contact make sure people aren't going crazy and someone uh uh one of the i actually had did a podcast with a guy named ron rotem he's probably like top 10 guys in israel that most people outside of israel don't have a clue who he is um but he was saying Krama got, got really good at self-defense, as in, I'm not expecting violence. Violence is suddenly upon me that first 10 seconds. We got really good at that, but we've been failing to keep our combat skills up to date, like boxing, kickboxing, because a lot of Krama got people were finding, um, because they took it out so much, that when we go up against a boxer or a kickboxer, even in light sparring, they were getting picked apart. So you're starting to find that the the good clubs are reintroducing that again that hey you got to do contact sparring so you're not delusional in your ability uh to defend yourself an example a story from one of my instructors he was from bulgaria one of my earliest instructors uh he was an air force pilot so as a human goes he's like the peak of human you know intelligence in this but he you know ego eastern european versus here um he's teaching kramagat like a ymc or something and someone was a jiu-jitsu guy now the weakness up until recently of of kramaga was grappling because we say to stay off the ground don't go to the ground for the reason that's combat focused you do not go to the ground but as a result people are getting so good at grappling nowadays on a more broad spectrum of people that if you don't know what you're doing you're going to end up on the ground so a guy said and this is a common critique for a standing rear naked choke so if you're standing and someone gets up behind you and put you in a rear naked choke we have a defense for it now, when I teach it, I'm saying, listen, objectively, if someone got behind you who's malicious and skilled, it's too late already. This technique is for when they're not really serious and not going 100%. Because if they are, you're in big trouble. Or if they're bigger than you, like you already screwed up, it's too late. The technique will probably fail anyway. So he's egotistical. And he said, some jujitsu guy, I think it was a purple bill. It's like, oh, that's never going to work. So the guy basically got full on jumped his back and choked him out. Um, because it's like he, the guy is being egotistical, the problem is the instructor. So the second time I say, you do that again. Um, this time he's fully expecting what the guy's going to do. Uh, and he's a fast guy. So he blocked it, turned around, broke the guy's nose and they got kicked out of the YMCA. But it's that, uh, you need to not underestimate what people can do. Uh, but understand you need to know the combat skills, but you also need to understand, do you actually have that versus the self-defense? And it's a complicated web that people to this day struggle to understand because they want people to come in and train. Like if you watch some of the bigger organizations in Israel, they look like kickboxing classes to me or like a watered down traditional martial arts, the way they have these kids sparring. And I think they've toned it down because they develop kids all the way up. So they've watered them down versus the, organizations that are more focused on military and special force they're a little bit more hardcore they usually don't rank either um but, but it changes who am i teaching to and then people lose touch of what their actual real goal is which is i need to develop a person no matter what their skill set is to be able to both defend themselves and fight if they have to because sometimes things turn into a fight whether you like it or not if that makes sense no no perfectly and and, and i think um if uh, again if we we look at uh or ever changing you know world and um in in different times people were interpreting um you know martial arts differently um in in the old days in in the times of the samurai uh, as you said it was a a, a life and death a struggle yeah. and survival uh today you know we live in safe spaces 
mm-hmm. and and so that that's where that, that that's where um a, a lot of young people are are seeing themselves yeah. um and w- which is i i think uh, a pity and and i don't know how much uh, politics we want to cover tonight much as you like <laughs> uh yeah you know what uh we we have so much uh so much to discuss and 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 i think um martial artists too and 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 everyone should should engage in in healthy um you know conversations uh and 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 even uh at the risk of of offending uh, you know others because that that's the way we learn from each mm-hmm. other and and you know you and I we may disagree on on certain things but uh, by keeping an open mind we, we we can also learn from each other and and we, we may realize that we were wrong mm-hmm. on, on certain things and 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 I I think um, uh, the, the way we look at uh, you know martial arts or the way we set up our clubs and and uh, uh, you know, you're, you're right. Some some clubs are, let's say, n- nonprofit, and and they they do it out of pure passion, mm. and and they just want to um, l- live live out the greatness uh, to the highest possible level uh, of of martial arts and 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 the standards and 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 maintain those very high standards. And 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 that's that was one of the things that I always loved about Kyokushin, that. Um, most organizations around the world are are still uh, maintaining that. I and and again, I I haven't traveled around the world from dojo to dojo to to be able to speak to that, um, you know, uh, in in a well informed way. Unfortunately, you know, when I came to Canada, I, I had to work and family and all that, so. Uh, my training was was really limited to to Hungary and and Canada and but but in, in both of those places my experience was was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you know when going back to to some other uh, martial arts where it's becoming commercialized and 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 you're right some the the, the old traditional form of those martial arts were really tough, mm-hmm. but nowadays it's it's is being um, softened up. Uh, and and some of these clubs they are going for volume of students and an increased revenue mm-hmm. and and that's their main motivation and and then the standards will be will be lowered and and then there goes that martial art mm-hmm. and and I I think it's it's terrible and then hopefully there are also clubs where uh, even if they are for profit um, hopefully they can balance the two and they can still maintain a, a high standard mm-hmm. and and I also know instructors like that and and more power to them that that's that's really amazing because then you also need finances you also need money to mm. um build a nice dojo have proper equipment to to be able to dedicate your whole life to the art instead of you know most of us you know we work in 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 a, in a full-time job or sometimes we work in two jobs for the first uh 14 years when i came to canada i was working in two jobs you know mm. seven days a week and the american story nothing. right yeah it <laughs> is yeah the, the american dream or the canadian dream um no no complaints though i'm 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 not playing the violin here i i have i have i'm very proud of my life and i'm very grateful but uh uh for i i can i can totally see how uh so many martial artists you know like uh 
uh, a friend of mine, Scott Boudreau, who who really dedicated, mm. you know, his his whole life to uh, to jujitsu now, and mm. and uh, his world champ, purple uh, brown. Exactly, yeah. yeah, like like what a great guy, and and uh, he's humble, and and he's got great humility, and and the way he teaches people, you know, mm. he just. Um, pretty much very similar to you as well and, and you know when i i i, I watch i'm more uh, i'm not as like rigid and strict i'm more like screwing around and playing because that's the the crowd way i think <laughs> and, and and you know what and, and that, that's what i love about martial yeah. arts too and and uh the different style of of instructing i i was uh always on the militant side and mm. and uh uh, some people they really liked it and and some people found it a little bit intimidating uh, but once they got to know me, they, they knew that was just, you know, because I was so serious and focused on, on training. Um, but, but I, I, I think, um, you, you, you can't really label people or, or put them in, in boxes mm. because you, you really don't know them all too well or, or people that you get to know, um, you know, again, they, they might surprise you. And and if the students are happy and and if their club is is going well and 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 they keep furthering, you know the the greatness of of martial arts, then then more power to them. Um, at, at the end, in in our troubled world, I I think this is just a, a, another useful tool that we have as a society where we can uh, channel our energy into something really good and mm-hmm. positive and and. I, I don't know. Maybe we can take a break here, or, or you want to add, add to that because I, I, I think we can really dig into the, yeah. the positive uh, I, uh, effects of martial arts yeah. in other areas of life. The, I forgot who it was uh, some some. I think it was a Kramaga, or no, I think it was a self defense expert that was talking about this. Is is unfortunately the school systems have gone. They're a little delusional. It's run by I- idealists, and they took away a lot of like boxing or wrestling and, and not, now wrestling is still a huge thing in a lot of midwest or like uh, rural places in the states but in the cities they took out the contact stuff a lot um i know like my dad tells me stories of he grew up in england where if you were a bully they'd say oh you think you're tough they'd put you in the ring with the school boxing champ now either they kicked the crap out of the bully or the bullies found a new outlet because they did well or they beat the champ and then all of a sudden it's like oh you're in the team now and so it gave them an outlet and so what this person was saying was that the school's approach to violence amongst young boys in particular of zero tolerance has backfired now when i say when i went to high school they still had a zero tolerance policy but for a while we had a vice principal who i believe was kyokushin black belt uh i won't mention his name until later maybe you know him um but the student base which had gangs in it, even here, um, respected that. And everyone, the fights at the school were lower because they knew if he showed up, he had no problem tossing a student. Uh, and he had on occasion when they got rough with him, justifiably so. Uh, the year after he left, we had this uh, vice principal coming in and he was from the private school system and he didn't understand the violence that can happen at public schools. And we're in a safe city relatively to like the inner city this in the U.S. And the, the vice principal got knocked out. Nobody respected him because he didn't understand it. Uh, now, where this is coming from is because that first vice principal understood you got to let people fight a little bit, but then when it's too much, you get involved. And this 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 is the self-defense person, I forgot who it was, um, 
was saying that by taking a full-on zero-tolerance policy, you're not allowing young boys to understand what violence is and what is too much. You have to let them play because in my day or that vice principal, he'd get involved as soon as it's too much. But that way the kids would learn what the limits are. And what this ins uh, the uh, self-defense person was just talking about, as, as a result of having a complete zero tolerance and then the inability to let young boys sort of fight it out a little bit, they, didn't, they don't learn what's too much. And so when then it goes right from getting kicked out of school because zero tolerance to the street, they go from zero to stab you now because they don't have that in between to, to have some sort of understanding of what's too much. Because the people who understand violence and aren't totally just like shoot them, shoot them up or often like, yeah, let's let's fight uh, and we'll see who who's what. And there's a, a scene in a movie called End of Watch where the cop, I think he's a Latino uh, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal's the other guy. I forgot the other guy's actor. They're, they're up against some, you know, gangbanger guy and the gangbanger or whatever is just like blah, 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 cops, this and that. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll fight you right now, the cop. He's like, no, you want you arrest me. He's like, nope, takes my belt off. I'll te it puts it down. It says totally off the record. And he's like, if I beat you, I arrest you with no questions asked. And the cop ends up beating him. And he's like, fine. And he's like, oh, I'm making a big fuss. His friend's like, hey, bro, you, you agreed. You get arrested. And they respected the cop for that. And I've seen videos of this in real life of this sort of thing happening. Now, the system and the public that doesn't understand violence frowns upon this. But sometimes that respect and understanding of sort of jockeying for position which is evolutionary is necessary uh, if you don't have that middle ground of hey let them fight it out a little bit it's okay if they get bruised up we can stitch it up later we just need to stop severe injury but the school system with all this like i am for compassion not for empathy because uh, empathy is destructive in my opinion compassion is not um they're like no it's unacceptable you need to use your words and then these kids either go full-on as you said like i'll call them woke beta males um you might not use that word but for the lack of better words they don't understand that violence and you'll see some of these people when they start getting confrontational with people they go right to piping people in the head these people who are who will preach use your words use your words like some of these antifa dickheads who on the surface are are uh, preaching this, use your words and, and peace and love, and then you see them in confrontations and they just go on and take a pipe and smoke someone in the head because they don't understand that in-between. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what you were <laughs> alluding to to some degree. Well, yeah, and, and, and I think there's a, a lot to unpack there. Sure. So when, <clears throat> when I was growing up, you know, in, in communist Hungary and, and I was born, at, you know, again, behind the Iron Curtain, during the height of the Cold War, um, the, the school system was was very um, militant again, and, mm -hmm. and very structured and organized. And and yet in our schools, uh, we were fighting mm -hmm. all, all the time. Like like the the boys, we we were fighting. Sometimes, even the the girls would uh, you know tease you, or you know during those, those popular moments, the the way to to express uh, that they liked you was was that they they would kick you so hard that, that you could not walk <laughs> for a day or something but you could not punch a girl back so you know you would just kind of smile at them like a, like a weirdo and then you, you would go home you know feeling really good that oh she kicked me but that mm -hmm. means she likes me um, and, and you know teachers were uh, turning a blind eye to that and, mm -hmm. and I agree with you that um, you know from an evolutionary standpoint too um, our genes are, are programmed that way I mean we, we are uh, 
vicious beings mm. and and you know it the the war and and the, the struggle uh to to survive is you know that that fight or flight survival instinct is is in all of us and and you know when when you look at some of these uh social engineering uh projects you know um in in Norway and Sweden and you know in, in so many other places and and now it's coming to Canada and the US and to, to the free world, uh, I, I don't even want to talk about Australia and what's happening there right now. <laughs> it's, it's just absolute craziness. It's backfiring, uh, I it, believe. But yeah, yeah let, let's hope. Um, yeah. But uh, when, when you're trying to uh, feminize uh, little boys mm. uh, as, as, as early as four years old mm. and, and uh, you know, trying to teach little girls that it's okay for you to walk up to that, uh, you know, classmate, to that uh, little boy, you know, slap him in the face and, and just kind of tell him that uh, I'm a girl, you can't hit me back. Mm. Um, and and uh, th- these type of grotesques, um, you know, uh, child um, uh, psychology, you know, teaching methods or curriculums that they need to stop. Mm. And and you know, when when we look at our society today. Um, and, and again, I, I don't know how much politics we, we want to talk. Well, the talk other about one I recorded because, today was all politics, so this is actually okay. quite tame. Compared all right, to that. okay, good, good. <laughs> I uh, again, I'm I'm my my goal with this podcast, and and when I uh, agreed to this uh, gladly, was was ju- just to um, get people thinking that uh, it is possible to have civil conversations. Uh, you know, with uh, with the people around you okay. uh, about anything, and and don't shy away from uh, any topic. I, right. I, I think uh, even if you don't know enough, and and I, uh, I'm the first one to say that the more I I read and the more I I try to educate myself, the more I realize how much I don't know, mm. and that's why I like to engage in conversations, and that's why I like to express my ideas and thoughts so that. People can redirect me, or, or they can build on it, and they can show me, you know, other perspectives. Um, but when it comes to, um, um, you know, our our young people and the, the 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 way the next generation is being brought up, um, and and particularly here in the West, because I think in in Eastern Europe until now, uh, the uh, those, those traditions and those customs and 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 those family values are are still very much uh, uh, cherished mm-hmm. and, and still being practiced. Um, in, in the West, I, I find that um, um, we, we are now promoting uh, something, something really dangerous where we are getting away from uh, family values. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting away from that, that, the, that, that wonderful Judeo-Christian value system. Uh, we are getting away from... Uh, you know the the, nu- the nuclear family. E- everything seems to be wrong. Everything seems to be incorrect and and evil. And everything is being criticized about the West and, mm-hmm. and Western culture. Um, I, I think uh, Western civilization is uh, is is the most wonderful civilization ever ever built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, the 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 way I I. I see this is is because if, if if we go back, you know, in in history, and and you know, I, I think anthropologists, uh, you know, came up with three hundred fifty thousand year timeline for the, the the human race. That that's when the the first Homo sapiens started appearing. Um, we we had uh, constant uh, you know struggles, and and it, and it's part of our 
mortal mortal coil. It's it's part of our existence to 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 um, to to suffer and to to endure a, a lot of um, a lot of pain, mm. and and um, it, it is it is just a, such a pity that so many people are dismissing it, and and educators are are dismissing it. Mm. Uh, I mean, how in the world can you uh, teach history in school? Um, by magnifying a small piece of a microscopic piece of one event in history mm-hmm. and and draw a conclusion that aha because of that one event we're going to undo all this mm-hmm. and we're going to start from fresh mm-hmm. so I, I don't know what the next steps will be you know start burning books and and destroy it's possible it. yeah it's uh, the the big 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 warning will be if they start banning 1984 and books like that now i think to contextualize it be, just so it gives some some people listening some ideas because you mentioned you grew up on a, before the fall of the iron curtain i recently had one of my instructors uh petra on who grew up in east germany in a similar situation and and when i talk to people who grew up in the former ussr uh, their recollection of communism is exceptionally different than what's being taught by people in North America about communism. They're talking about the ideals without the repercussions of it. So when you mention social engineering among the youth, uh, anyone who knows their history, whether it be communist ideology or uh, the Hitler youth, for example, that's how you break the family unit is by indoctrinating the youth. This is a known strategy that works to take over a society, regardless of whether fascist, communist, people get really silly about this. Um, you know, I, as a general rule, I'll use the word authoritarian. The other day on Facebook, I called the, the local government Nazis, and I meant it because anyone really paying attention who doesn't get that emotion, a lot of Jews got mad at me because they, how dare you throw those who were killed uh, in the Holocaust? And, and my counter is, you can be a Nazi without having anything to do with the Holocaust because there's modern-day Nazis that have nothing to do with that. It's, a, it's an ideology. Now, I could have said communist, the governments are communist, and they wouldn't have reacted the same. And I could always just point out, you do realize factually more people died under communist rule. And, oh, wait, today, in this day, day and age, in North Korea and China, although China is more fascist and communist now, uh, but North Korea, th- there are death camps in North Korea and China now. Death camps in, in North Korea, 100%. China is not quite at that level, but with, with the Ungers, it's pretty close. That's what communism doing, but by using Nazi, it elicits much more uh, emotional in a lot of people. So that's why I chose that word on purpose. They got mad, but whatever. Um, pe- people don't know their history. Now, to be fair, to you know, I, I try to play both sides. To be fair, history is written by the victors. And often, if you know who writes the history, it's the wealthy, it's the people they pay. It's In our modern-day times, it's the media. Um, so there's always a bit of a skewed view of history because it is written by the victors. There is a difference, though, between learning a new fact about something 100 years ago because we discovered something new and just adding that into the textbooks, which I'm all for because we learned something new, versus I'm going to completely, un- you know, as you mentioned, destroy what we knew before. I mean, that's what Mao did. He killed everyone that was educated, anyone that questioned uh and and unarguably according to dan carlin who's quite left-wing who's a historian that's what genghis khan did to the muslim world uh and when you have to rebuild with the peasant class you've basically completely undone 
thousands of years of history and culture and you can it can take another thousand two years two thousand years to rebuild so in our modern times now that a lot more groups of people have freedom in the west they're trying to assert their ideas and cultures which is fine but they're trying to do it at the expense of what was already established now uh religion is an interesting one. i'm not a religious person i don't need it in my life to be happy and don't need it to be to avoid that existential crisis but i understand why <coughs> it has merits because some people need that belief in an external thing because they know they can't control themselves if there's nothing after life after death you go full party mode and act like a total clown um there was actually this guy robert breedlove he's actually a cryptocurrency person but he said the only working form of communism is the family unit and i thought that was just like i've never thought of it but it's true because that family unit is a small enough operational unit that you can guide and raise the next generation but be functional and that's something western religion and uh, uh culture brought was the emphasis on that family unit and regardless of your views on the catholic church or or islam or or whatever that family unit clearly produced the best result that any other culture has ever produced in the history that we know of and people are trying to throw that out the window but you look at cultures and communities where they don't have very strong family units and crime is high and behaviors are questionable and you can say it's moral relativism but clearly it's problematic for them and for other people so it's obviously very important to have that that family unit and my wife who's chinese never really thought much about the chinese culture and how they push collectivism at the expense of the family unit and then she starts to look she starts telling me about how people actually behave in china as opposed to what they say they behave and it's two different things and and how they actually behave is not as family unit oriented as they always say when you start looking into it and you see kind of the chaos it creates when the state is is controlling everything and 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 you know i think your concern and many people's concern is you know what the results of communism is you grew up with it and what what this destruction of the family unit can do and people in north america and uk don't understand yeah hmm? oh yeah oh yeah so yeah what do you, what are your thoughts on uh on the family unit and the growing up in communist <laughs> and all that uh yeah again uh th there's a lot to say on that um when when it comes to um different uh degrees of um you know communism or or different political and economic systems um again i'm i'm no specialist and i'm no expert i can only speak from personal experience um and and i think in in east germany um you know life was much harder than than in mm -hmm. hungary mm -hmm. um it it was one of the the worst form of communism mm -hmm. um in in east germany and um I, I think one of the best forms of communism, if, if there's such a thing, it was m maybe in Hungary. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we, we did have, uh, you know, bread, milk, toilet paper, you know, eggs. Um, and, and Hungary was still somewhat open to, to the West through mm -hmm. Austria to, to get goods in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, but even, even then, the, the Hungarians could hardly wait for this to end and and so shortly after the second world war uh you know it took about four years 
for for communism to to take over and and to slowly you know a, a, abolish all kinds of uh, you know small businesses or get rid of the middle class and and close down factories and 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 uh, everything now belonged to the state uh, confiscated you know farmers lands etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and then you know a few years after in 1956 we had a big revolution in Hungary and and uh, a lot of people. Um, escaped Hungary. Uh, that's when my grandmother came to to Canada, and and you know, with my uncle who was maybe six years old at the time. Um, so we 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 had sort of the family got separated, and and my my mom she uh, she stayed with her sister, and and um, uh, then commun the Russians came back in, and and you know, communism continued until eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been back to Hungary, you know. Since since then, I, I left in '88, shortly right after high school, and, mm-hmm. and it was quite a journey for me to to make it here. I don't want to get into that too too much. It was quite a, an ordeal, and mm-hmm. um, maybe I'll write a book about that uh, one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, family, interestingly enough, in in Hungary, uh, remained very tight, and and in, in spite of of communism and in, in spite of um, the the, the efforts to indoctrinate the, the Hungarians, I, I think it failed. Mm. And, and uh, you know, the, the underground movement was um, uh, almost, uh, almost on a... It, 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 it was like this telepathy, you mm. know, between people. That, that all you had to do is just, just look at someone and, and it, it was... Like straight out of the book, 1984. Mm-hmm. You know, the, when when people will will look at you and and they will try try to figure out what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people were still going to church. Um, I am religious. I, I was born and raised uh, a, a Christian and a Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and and I was going to Bible studies during uh, you know the, the the these communist years. And um, my church community was wonderful, and and uh, obviously. Uh, the government would frown upon you know mm. people practicing religion, but but you can't really just wipe it out. Uh, we, we did not have a cultural revolution like uh, uh, like in China, mm. uh, and and luckily we did not have a Mao. And mm. and I I think the the Russians also kind of backed off after the the fifty six revolution, mm. noticing some warning signs that that uh, maybe we don't want to you know I- impose communism that strictly. I I, I I, I, again, I don't know enough to 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 comment on on those um, inner inner workings of or or what uh, um, what what the, the the mindset was uh, for for the Russian government when when it came to Hungary after the the revolution, but um, we we were really really blessed. Um, I was blessed personally that that my mom and dad uh, they. Uh, they did really well on, under those conditions, and and uh, wherever I looked, all my friends and classmates, they they were growing up in in stable, loving, good homes for the most part, mm. um, and 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 I think um, when you have a, such a deep root in um, in in the the, the Judeo Christian value system, and and you don't have to be religious mm. to buy into uh, Western civilization. I, I think if if you just simply um, look at the results and and you look at the, the 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 life that that we live nowadays throughout 
you know, uh, the, the Western world. Um, it, it, it is uh, very inviting. It is very impressive. It is very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in spite of what uh, the left is, is trying to, uh, to, to, to say about Western civilization and how they are trying to tear it down and, and, and trying to paint this uh, grim picture that it's, a, it's an oppressive uh, patriarchal so- society where uh, the evil patriarchy is, is oppressing women and, and we, we had our conquests and, and colonies and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, n- not really putting all that into a proper context. Mm. And and so, the the going back to to the family and and why is why is it so important that we 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 protect that family unit, um, and and you know from a martial artist standpoint as well, um, I, I I think when we are visualizing ourselves in daily life, and and when we are looking for meaning, and we are looking for purpose. Um, Family should should be the number one motivator mm-hmm. in in my humble opinion, and and I I I think that is the the core foundation of of any healthy society, um, and and again if we go back to that and look at the three hundred fifty thousand years, mm-hmm. uh, if that would not have been important right from the get go, we would not be here. Mm-hmm. So when when we we just kind of dismiss the family nowadays and and we we want children to to pledge allegiance to the state uh or to an ideology or or not to listen to their mom and dad and and just go and protest and become an antifa thug you know mm-hmm. wearing a, a a bandana or or a, a face ma- mask and 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 go and hit someone over the head with a pipe because I, I read a book and, and right now I'm an expert on the world. Mm. Here I am, I'm 18 years old. I, I attended this professor's class, you know, for this semester. He told me communism is great. So, socialism, is, socialism is awesome. Um, the, the hell with capitalism and the free world and, and we're all about tyranny and slavery and et cetera, et cetera. So let's, um, let's go out there and, and, and destroy it all. Mm. And and so I I am looking at this and and I'm I'm watching all these events unfolding, and and it, it's like watching a sci-fi movie. Mm. It, it's like an out-of-body experience for me. I, I, it's, it's truly a twilight zone. Like I, I just can't believe that these things are are happening when we finally reach the best time in in human history and and where we could. Uh, somewhat relax and 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 say, "Wow, we did it!" Mm-hmm. And and our ancestors did it. it. It's not. It wasn't even us. It mm-hmm. it was all 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 those amazing generations who came before us. Uh, and and you mentioned some you know uh, great historical figures who went to war and they they conquered and and they 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 also killed and looted and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, during you know that process. We also learned, and it was it was part of our um, uh, evolution. It was uh, it was the way we we acquired, uh, let's say, technology mm. and and invented technology. And Thomas Sowell, one of my heroes, he yeah. he wrote this uh, you know great book, Conquests and, and Cultures, mm. that that talks about this extensively. Yeah. And and um, 
you know, uh, Sir Roger Scruton, who sadly passed away last year too, uh, uh, he wrote many, many books about, um, uh, you know, the, the, the subject of, um, you know, human history and suffering, and, and he was a great English philosopher. Um, uh, and, and it just, uh, a, 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 such a refreshing um you know way to read their books or 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 to to listen to their uh yeah. presentations on on youtube they, they, there are quite a few um uh, presentations from them where they can truly articulate uh what people like like me you know ordinary mm-hmm. average people feel and you know i was actually only recently introduced to thomas sowell uh, you know, I'm not very into classical literature or anything like that, but uh, I heard him in an interview. He's like 90 now, I think. He heard, he heard the name Thomas Sowell. And if you present a lot of what he said j- into the general public who believes in that sort of left-wing stuff, they'll say, wow, what a Nazi. And then you tell them he's black. And you're like this, forget the color of his skin. This man is a genius and a jewel of the American intellectual. And he understands what it means to be human so well. And I'm just like, man, I wish I knew about this guy. <laughs> um, before I, you know, um, I don't want to sidetrack too much. In, in California right now, in two, 2021, there's a, a recall for the clearly corrupt Democratic uh, idiot, uh, Gavin Newsom. The front runner to go up against him is Larry Elder. Well, Larry Elder is also black and conservative. And uh, the LA Times ran a hit piece on him saying he's like a, a white supremacist wearing black clothing. And you're like, are you out of your minds? Like, I'm misquoting that title, but it's something along that line I heard today. And I'm like, these people are lunatics, like absolute lunatics when when they're attacking intell- you know, black intellectuals like that who don't agree with this ideology because it goes against their... Na- it's like, this is insanity. I don't understand it, you know? And, and, and you know, it, it, it's so funny how... Uh, we can, you know, identify uh, the, the the shortcomings and the flaws of of the right, the the far right, yeah. and 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 that things can go really really wrong. And and Jordan Peterson, yeah. uh, you know, talks about that talks talks about this quite a bit. Uh, an, another big hero of mine, uh, j- just a, a great mind, and and we are we are so lucky to have him. He's his truly national. National yeah. treasure, in, Canadian in my national opinion, treasure. a Can- Canadian national treasure. Yeah. That's right. Um, and and um, when when you look at um, um, you know the left and and how they are, they, they proclaim that um, they are righteous and and they're accepting and and they preach tolerance and love and and all that. Um, it, it is so untrue, mm. and and it is quite the opposite. You know, uh, if, if if you fall if if you follow their their party line and and if you buy into that ideology, you know, one hundred percent, then then great, mm-hmm. you're you're one of them. Uh, but also, just try to have a, a conversation with um, with with s- some of these people on the left, especially if if you look at, uh, um, you know the. Uh, the, the the media the the, the politicians um, the uh, our school system uh, you know all, all these institutions were infiltrated by the left mm-hmm. and 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 you can't even 
uh, engage in a conversation with them. They won't even let you in. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather McDonald, an, an, another uh, great intellectual, uh, she wrote this book, uh, The Diversity mm-hmm. Delusion. Um, another good bo- book from her is um, The War on Cops. Mm-hmm. And um, she she talks about, um, you know, how difficult it is to to even go to a, a college or a university and, and, and have a healthy debate hmm. uh you know with That's why uh, i left uh, yeah there you go and yeah. and so many so many students now they conservative students they they feel uh uneasy or or uncomfortable being hmm. there um simply because they um because of that 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 whole atmosphere and and the environment that the the, the left is creating hmm. and so when when you um uh when you you look at our uh, uh, core problems, I think that's where we need to to start. We we need to start talking again, and and we we need to take back the school system so that uh, children will not be indoctrinated into any kind of ideology. Uh, I I think we need to teach them academics. I think it will be up to the parents to teach them morality. I think, and that's why it's so important that we keep going back to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, parents, they need to mobilize. I, I think they, they need to get involved. Uh, they have no idea what's happening in the classrooms yeah. nowadays. And, 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 and in I some th- cases in, in California, I believe there was efforts of the, there was one school, they got in a lot of trouble, thankfully, rightfully so that they were making efforts to list any parent who wanted information on the curriculum and on the list so that they could go after them and, and go after these parents. It backfired, thankfully. Um, there was a recent case, in, also in California, surprise, Sacramento, where there was an Antifa teacher teaching kids to be Antifa and giving bonus marks to go to Antifa rallies and support it. Now, Project Veritas got a hold of his video he posted, and my understanding is he's getting fired now because he was 100% indoctrinated. I just read that today. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like... When teachers start questioning or won't let you know what you're teaching their student, your your children, and blocking you from getting involved, that's a problem. That's when you know we're going to indoctrination. Not why were you concerned about parents knowing what you're teaching the kids? That that's like a red flag. Why why do you care? What are you worried about if the parent finds out what you're teaching your kids? If you're teaching them something un- uncontroversial, then what's the problem? Because a controversy, to me, I was thinking about this today. A controversy is when the two sides can't meet in the middle, or one side is making a bigger deal of something than it's not, and, and and then it's then it's a controversy. But if you're in the middle and everyone's like, okay, you know, it's sort of down the road, no one's gonna make a big deal. Uh, and so, you know, a question would be, why did the education system in the West get hijacked? Now. I can't remember the names of the specific situation, but it was, I don't know, in the 60s, 70s, I believe in America, they caught about 600 USSR spies infiltrated areas of the U.S. Well, anyone that had successfully infiltrated government positions, well, they were arrested or charged or kicked out. But the majority of them were caught in academics, and the majority of them were not arrested. And the best I can figure is they just stayed there. And kept doing it. And then when their handlers sort of disappeared, they're like, I don't know what to do. Well, I guess I'll just keep doing it. And it kind of got left unchecked. And I don't know if you follow anything uh, Brett Weinstein has talked about with his stuff at Evergreen College. 
he was saying years ago, like, hey, this, because he got in trouble, Brett Weinstein, now he's in trouble because he was promoting ivermectin publicly and he got in trouble for that. But back then, uh, he got in trouble because, so there was a anti-racist day where they wanted no whites to show up on the campus. And he said, hold on a second, that's racism. I am not endorsing this. And I'm probably screwing the story up, but he essentially ended up being chased off the campus by people looking for him to beat him up. Uh, he ended up winning a lawsuit where they failed to provide security for um, basically his job. They basically created a ho- the university allowed a hostile environment. I think he got some measly like $500,000 for him and his wife who both taught there. And he's a progressive or used to be a progressive. Um, and he said, guys, this is going to explode into the culture. And everyone's like, no, you're crazy, Brett. You're crazy, Brett. This isn't going to happen. His brother, Eric, who's a little bit more like aggressive, was like, you need to talk about this, Brett. You need to talk about this. You need to bring this out. And he, Brett kept saying, listen, this is not going to just be a university thing because everyone was saying these kids are going to leave the universities, get into the corporations, and then they'll learn the hard way. Except what's happened is the corporations are just accepting it instead of telling these kids to grow up and get rid of them. And Brett was like, I told you so. You know. <laughs> Heather McDonald's uh the diversity delusion yeah. uh, book. Um, you're gonna love it mm. because it talks about that and 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 that couple at uh, the university. Mm. Um, it, it, yeah, it is truly mind-boggling to me that uh, we as a society we we let this happen. Um, that when you know in martial arts too, we are assisting and and helping parents to um, to provide. Um, a solid foundation for uh, children in in terms of developing their self esteem and their their personal uh, worth, mm. um, and and to help them visualize uh, who they are and and um, how whole can they get, mm. and and would uh, w- would I. Um, you know, at the end of my life, and and I and I think going back to martial arts a little bit, and 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 why I I always kind of combine that lifestyle with with also my upbringing, my my personal uh, experiences, and 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 my my Catholic faith is 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 because I I want to live a life that's worthwhile, and and I think the the biggest question that everybody will ask at the end. Um, of their life, at the end of their lives, is is that what was it worth it? If I if I were to do it all over again, um, would I pretty much do it the same way? And and um, if the answer is yes, that that I'm I'm pretty satisfied with all my faults, with with all my uh, failures. Uh, in a grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. it was a life worth living. Mm-hmm. And and um, that there is the. Uh, the, the main question that that everybody should remind themselves of and 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 I think if if people would be just a little bit more grateful mm. um, and and every day when they wake up and and if they look at themselves in a mirror and and you know they are they're, they're pretty proud of of that person that they are seeing um, that's really good and and we we usually find that uh, more on the right uh, with conservatives because we we try to live out those values that 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 were 
um, you know, uh, uh, that 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 were uh, worked on and 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 values that uh, evolved over thousands of years, mm. and and we we respect that. We have a tremendous amount of respect for our forebearers, uh, the previous generations who who had to endure so much pain and suffering, that we honor them by. Um, uh, making something really great of our lives, mm-hmm. and and so when when we focus on family and and how to put everything that we have into our children, the 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 way we try to do right by our friends and colleagues, and uh, hopefully you have a, a job that you you also love doing, which which turns into a career maybe. Um, those are wonderful things, and and those those people are are tend to be happier, uh, you know, you know more upbeat, uh, and and they have this consistency mm-hmm. in in their lives uh, versus people who are complaining about everything and and people who are trying to shred all those different things because they are um, they they are highly critical of of how we got here and and that you know it was a it was always a competition uh you know between nations and and between tribes and 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 we always belong to one tribe or the other um and and for people to to simply say that okay well uh you know the the white europeans let's say uh you know they 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 came out ahead of the you know some of the 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 other tribes or or other countries around the world and but but the reason why they got there is because they they abused all those other countries and those other nations and and they they colonized and they went to war and and they enslaved other nations and it is um you know these type of claims while they they may have some some merits in in terms of um events and but but it it is so narrow-minded and and for for someone to to simplify things to to a point where uh, the, the 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 final result of of um, you know of of their thinking is is that again we we need to destroy all this because mm. it's all wrong and it was mm. built on blood mm. and it was built on thievery and 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 all the rest mm. and 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 then as you said you know they um, they 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 like to divide people and and w- because of the the color of their skin or or they are ideology um and 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 we as a as the human race we have more similarities than differences and and if uh one would care to open a history book and, and just start reading mm. they, they will realize that very quickly mm. maybe but, but, well maybe yeah maybe but uh and, and i think that's why we we need to reclaim our our school system so that there will be uh, teachers who will focus on academics and and they will um, start teaching kids uh, history the way it should be taught, um, and and I I, I think uh, it, it is extremely harmful when when people are uh, not having the right conversations, mm-hmm. and and um, you know when 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 you're talking about um, you know the, the the family is the only example of of communism I. You know, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that statement um, b- because even within the family unit, there's a, a hierarchy, mm-hmm. and and when 
and in, in communism the the hierarchy is um is is very narrow and very limited mm. um maybe in the family too and 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 i i i, I agree with um uh you, you know with with the with the premise of of the statement uh but but even within the family you know we we need to recognize that we are all different mm. and and mom and dad they have their their roles and and their places and then you know the big brother versus the little sister you know they are all unique and and they're all special in their certain ways mm. and that um individuality needs to be fostered within the family already and 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 you know there this other notion of um you know we 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 need to create a society where we are all equal mm. well if we are not equal within the family in 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 a very small scale how in the world can we ever achieve that within a society with millions mm. of, or or hundreds of millions of people and and so um uh, again it 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 is uh, just very um scary for me and i'm i'm gravely concerned that if we're going to let the the left wing ideology win and take over um you know our countries our, our societies will fail mm. um and and i i have no doubt about that at all mm. and and so that's why you know as a martial artist too uh we we want to foster you know that in individuality and and competition also is is such where we 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 motivate each other to 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 do the very best that that we can and and to to be the the, the best that we can be and and one of the the one of my favorite maxims also is um you know w- winning is not everything but making the effort to win is mm. and and so nowadays you know in schools too they're handing out trophies to the losers as well mm. so I started so, that when i was a kid i even as like a 5 6 7 year old i'm like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> I didn't get in dark. I'm too too resistant to that for whatever reason. But at that age, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I don't want a participation room. I know I'm not that good. That's why I lost for whatever the reason, whether it's effort or whatever. It's like that guy is better than me today. I don't want a participation ribbon, right? But a lot of people are like, oh, I, they start getting that dopamine. Oh, I got a ribbon. Where's my ribbon? I want a gold star. <laughs> crazy, crazy, yeah. and 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 so. Uh, I, I think in in a healthy society, you you, you need to have competition. Mm. You you need to encourage uh, children at, at a young age to uh, to join sports and to to be active. Uh, they should not have any downtime whatsoever. The downtime uh, should be, you know, sports. Mm. I mean, you know, when I was young, we, we didn't have computers and internet and video games. Uh, we, were, we were downstairs in in the playground and we were active and and we were playing and and we were doing stuff yeah. and we were stuffing uh, dirt in, into our mouths and yeah. and we, we did not have you know the, this this germaphobe uh, mentality that oh wipe everything down Which and, and wa- wa- wash your hands and it's like oh my good lord. Yeah. Um, I just need to interject because there's a, a few things I'll forget otherwise. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I think what Breedlove said about communism, I think what he meant, the family unit, the con- is more that a family unit is about the largest unit you can have where communism will work, whereas you have collective, if if the family unit is healthy, I should clarify, uh, it will be able to be collectively resources into something more. And actually where you do see this, at least here locally, is the Indian community 
where they very much pool their family resources, uh, multi-generational, and you see what they, they've been able to do financially while using capitalism, but it's, it's, I think that's where he's coming from. Um, so conservatism for me, like I'm, I'm much more centrist than a lot of people think I am. It's just I think a lot of people here are left-wing, like really left-wing lunatics, and I don't apologize for saying that because you're not being rational. But to me, it's the observation that while change is the only thing that's for sure in life is change, death and change, basically, and taxes, right? You can't stop change. What you can manage at, is the speed at which the change happens. So to me, conservatism is moving at a pace that allows for change. Uh, and I'm not talking about like rigid traditionalism. I'm talking about like we need to conserve the wisdom of the past, but move forward as that we gain knowledge. And so that slow pace, the slower pace versus what a lot of these ideologues on the left are doing is we need change now. We, we need it right now. And it's like, but you don't know the consequences of what you're going to do because there's no precedence. Or if there is precedence, we know how that went. No, 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 I'm going to do it different. Are you sure? Because the f reason why beyond that family unit communism will fail is human nature. It's everyone is ingrained to survive by re maximizing resource intake. That happens in communism. It happens in capitalism. It's a human thing. It's regardless of the system that you have. So when you're destroying a functional system that can move forward and change, um, you know, I think in Canada, based on uh, various observations, that actually the largest voting bloc in the Conservatives are actually more libertarian-leaning. Um, you can see that by the uh, when Maxime Bernier was still in the Conservative Party and he ran for leader. In the first round of leadership voting, he had like 40% of the vote. The rest of the vote was split amongst like 15 other candidates. That should tell everyone that the idea that the Conservative is this ultra-right-wing religious fanatic is how they keep portraying it. It's like, no, we're just people who like want to take our time before we decide how we want to take the next step in society. And I think one of the issues that's going on, I mentioned earlier, is empathy versus compassion. So I just had pulled it up because I'll forget otherwise. This book I read, it's called Against Empathy by Paul Bloom. Now, I've been saying railing against empathy personally for a long time. I'm like, some people said is they think I'm a sociopath, so I don't understand stuff. And there there might be some merit to that because I've had to learn how to deal with emotions. I don't necessarily feel them the way other people, I think, feel. But I always thought there was something. I, I basically have anger is <laughs> my one thing. But uh, against empathy basically lays out a scientifically based argument that empathy is destructive and compassion is useful and the, the 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 example in the book that stood out was they took a buddhist monk well so buddhist monks were people who literally sit there practicing zen and controlling their uh emotions and people interchange empathy and compassion but they don't understand they're not the same thing so what they had this monk do uh is they put him in an fmri so they could see his functional brain as it's doing and they said uh we want you to meditate and think about compassion uh and he's like after however long, they're like, how do you feel? He's like, I feel great. Like, this, this is awesome. It's uh, great. I said, okay, we want you to think about empathy, doing the same thing. Now, two things. After he was empathy, they're like, how do you feel? He's like, I'm exhausted. And you can say, oh, that's this is subjective nonsense, except for the fact his brain waves changed, his imaging changed. They can actually measure in an fMRI compassion versus empathy. So empathy is where you're feeling what the other person is feeling compassion is understanding 
So here's the issue with empathy, and it's destructive for this reason, is that if you're really, really upset, and I'm feeling what you're feeling, I become upset, and my emotional state is now destabilized, and I am not also thinking rationally. And yes, I understand women are more empathetic than men, and there's a use for it with children. But what compassion says from a parenting is, listen, I understand this sucks right now, but I need you to do this for your own good. Now, I'm not talking in some abuse. I hit you for your own good in an abusive sense. I'm talking about I have compassion. I understand what you're going through right now. I need you to sort of trust me on this. Like as a martial arts instructor, too, it's more of compassion than empathy. Because if someone's having a really bad day and I'm a, I'm a hyper empathetic person, some people are really sensitive to it and, and that's fine. And I start feeling like that, then that wrecks the entire class because now I'm destabilized and I'm not looking at things objectively. So when you have the school systems pushing empathy over compassion, and I see martial artists who are trying to like, people don't understand, they're just mimicking words they hear in, in the social circles. Oh, I'm, we need to be empathetic and i'm like no we don't we compassion and i i'm fair point to those who know me i'm not very good at either of those things but i fully admit you know that's what it is and through through uh, you know practice makes but i'm learning to be somewhat more compassionate um and but that what that realizes is that a lot of people have this attitude well you should know it's so people have this simultaneous idea it's you should know better it's like well no no one taught me really no one taught me well you should figure it out so people have that attitude it's like well no people need to be taught that's where strong like male role models and and female role models really come in and a lot of people are missing one or the other or both in, in many cases but the push for empathy is going to be a disaster because then we become all emotionally illogical screamy yelly ridiculous things that aren't being productive at all right i think that's that for me <laughs> you know and, and and you know I, I I don't have a degree in psychology and yeah. I I'm, I'm still uh, you know learning I, I I read a very good book on on uh, uh, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and 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 that was very interesting and 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 also um, reading uh, the the first uh, two books from Jordan Peterson I just bought his third. I look forward to reading that. The second um, one, the, or uh, the, the 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 first one was um, the the map of yeah, uh, yeah, meaning, yeah. and then the, the second one was the twelve rules yeah. for life. Um, I'll just say that un- unfortunately, I think his issue with uh, pharmaceuticals has impeded his uh, his ability to organize his thoughts, and the, and the, this one is not as well argued and coherent i think unfortunately it's very i was like oh man those pharmaceuticals i think they wiped him a bit, a bit I, too much. I i haven't i haven't watched those uh <laughs> those podcasts from him yet mm-hmm. on on pharmaceuticals I, I'll, I'll look into it um and 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 again i i, I don't even know where to start with <laughs> uh with, with with that one nowadays i i know it's causing so much uh division and and we we need to have a a good conversation on that as a, especially around the vaccine passports and our freedom to choose etc cetera, etc cetera. but um going back to uh the emotional intelligence i i think um you know w- within the family i i i disagree with you on on um uh you know, compassion versus um, empathy a little bit because I, I think they kind of go hand in hand to me personally. And, and I think depending on the person, and, and, and you're right, what, what, what is their base disposition? If, if um, I, I have those genes where I can 
put myself in someone else's shoes and I can feel their pain and suffering mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's how I approach a person with my compassion. Uh, I, I think th- those are two very powerful um, uh, attributes or, or qualities a person can have. Um, while, you know, as, as an adult with, 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 the, with the right training, you can also channel that um, in, in, in a very helpful way. So as an instructor, you know, dealing with your students, and, and you're right, you know, one of your students will get hurt, and, and, and you have to deal with that while you also have to pay attention to the rest of the class and, mm. and, and, and finish that class and... and, and uh, uh, teach them to be tough and resilient and, and to persevere under pressure. Um, I, I think um, those are good qualities for, for a teacher, uh, also for a parent, for, for a, a, a companion, you know, in, in any type of relationship. Uh, some people uh, score higher mm-hmm. uh, on, on, you know, with an em- emotional intelligence and, and, and some people score much higher on your uh, traditional IQ tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both is is needed to to a relatively uh, you know high level or or at a certain level uh, to to be function well in in society and 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 that's why for certain jobs uh, you you do have to um, you know pass. Um, at a certain level, mm. because otherwise you you just you're, you're going to fail your 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 group and and your team and and you won't be able to uh, you know d- d- deliver that type of uh, you know service uh, or or live up to to those um, uh, you know promises or or goals. But um, when when it comes to um, uh, you know, going back to, to, to deal with uh, also diversity in, in, in our society. And, and, and that, that comes very clear in, in the martial arts uh, clubs already. And, and I, I know that when I, I see all those little kids with their different personalities, uh, you know, from different backgrounds, um, you know, interacting and, and training. Um, uh, again, I, I think it's, it's, it was already happening organically, and and uh, one one of one of the things that I always liked about Canada and and, and the Western world is because uh, it was so accepting, mm. and 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 nowadays you know it's it's being uh, forced on people that that we need to take time. You know, even within companies, there are these mandatory trainings. You know, the the, the sensitivity training and. Uh, you know, learn about diversity and, and learn about you know um, the uh, the inherent bias that that you may have that that you need to explore that and and reflect and et cetera et cetera. Um, I I think uh, we we already did really really well and and I agree with you that uh, in in a healthy society you need both conservatives and liberals but I. W- w- li- liberalism in a classical sense, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I think uh, t- today's liberalism was completely hijacked, mm-hmm. and and it's it, it is now something else. Is is this um, uh, 
you know, postmodernist types, uh, you know, look, looking at uh, the world again, uh, the old-fashioned way, which is which is just uh, I, th- I think completely uh, outdated. You know that 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 you have uh, you know the successful people who who will make it in life, which is nowadays the middle class. Mm. Um, they are oppressing, you know, the the the, the disenfranchised masses on the bottom, mm. and 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 I. I don't buy into that at all because if if there ever was a system that caters to everyone, including the disenfranchised masses on the bottom, um, we we are helping them, you know, and creating opportunities at the starting line to to climb that ladder and and to 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 make this life. Um, Again, all that all that you you want it to be, mm. and and if um, some people they um, they they lack the uh, the motivation or or the resilience, uh, again going back to 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 competition, um, it, it's 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 something that needs to be worked on. If if it wasn't worked on early on in childhood during their development. And and now in their twenties and thirties, they're still living with mom and dad in the basement, and and they really don't know what to do with themselves, mm-hmm. or or they they ended up you know spending mom and dad's money on useless degrees in in uh, you know Marxism and 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 this and that, um, I, you know I I think it's it's never too late. They mm-hmm. they can still join the the rest of society. And, and they can still go out there and, and it, it costs I think a hundred bucks to go to City Hall and, and get yourself a business license. Yeah, it's get, pretty cheap. Here, get, yeah. get, get yourself a lawnmower, you open your own landscape company and, mm. and five years later you can be a millionaire. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, sky is the limit. Mm. If, uh, you know, I, I also hear a lot of um, talk about, uh, you know, from the, the feminists that um, they still feel that uh, men are oppressing them. Mm. What nonsense. Um, if if a woman wants to be in a leadership position, and if she's qualified, um, they can do it all. And mm. and if if you see and and I I, I think there was uh, there, there were quite a few studies out there, you know, and 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 I think the the numbers support uh, you know how well women are doing in in our world. Mm. You know, if if they if that's what they want, and if they want to have a, a professional career, whether it's it's uh, being a lawyer, being a CEO of a company, uh, being in high-level positions, um, they are doing it, mm. and 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 in, in uh, and often they make even more money than men. So um, I uh, again, I think that the best system we ever had was capitalism. And you know, when you mentioned the Indian family, I mean, people from India. You know they they understand capitalism quite well because I, I think the the one of the, the the ultimate forms of capitalism is is being practiced in in India, mm. and and so even within the family I I, I think um, um, you know they they kind of marry those two and and you know within the family you know respecting your elders and 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 practicing good family values and and going out there and and working hard and and pulling your resources together um i think those are all positives and and i I don't want to generalize because maybe in some families it doesn't work out quite that way and and maybe there are also some 
uh, friction or or, um, or or disagreements, which uh, which I, I guess would be normal in in all families. But if but but that brings me to another point: is is that uh, you know the left is env- envisioning this. Uh, um, heaven on earth utopian society where everybody will be equal and we're going to hold hands and sing kumbaya uh, if you can't make that work within the family even mm-hmm. within a family of four and and uh, when the relatives will come over you know at thanksgiving or christmas and there goes the neighborhood and and there are the, the black sheeps in the family in every family there's at least one and there are the disagreements and etc etc I mean, how in the world can you have, you know, that 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 type of of a utopian system on the on the grand scale? Yeah. Uh, it, it's unrealistic. It's uh, it's laughable. It, it is um, uh, it, it is definitely not something that we we should pursue. Um, when when it comes to um, uh, you know the these claims that. Um, you know, again, men are oppressing women, or or white. The, the the number one, the public enemy is the the white, heterosexual, conservative, Christian male, mm. and and we need to get rid of them, and and um, and we need to get rid of uh, you know Europe as well, and we need to have the European Union, and we need to tear down the borders and we need to replace the population through mass emigration from other cultures with opposing viewpoints and opposing ideologies etc etc i mean you know again it, it is just um uh, so destructive what's what's happening right now uh and and again in, in order to preserve and to protect that i think we need we need to go back to the basics again. And just like in, in martial arts, when we feel a little bit lost or we, we really don't feel that we are making progress in terms of our technique or moving forward or you know, how we're going to, to do things in life, um, I, I think we need to remind ourselves of, of all those wonderful um, you know, basics, those, those fun foundations that we have uh, so, so that we can carefully and slowly build on that, mm. and and having the 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 adventurous spirit of uh, liberalism, where we do want to try new things and we want to innovate and we want to invent uh, newer technologies and and we want to clean up clean this planet, but we we want to do it in a creative way where we're we're not going to do it at the expense of the economy or. Or, or destroying the world's economy with the with ridiculous ideas like the Green New Deal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I, I think uh, we are at a tipping point right now, mm. and and uh, the elections in Canada are coming up, and, and I'm curious to see how that will play out. The polls are in our favors right now, but who knows? <laughs> I, I know, I know. And, and, you know, politicians too nowadays, even within the conservative party, I'm uh, sometimes I'm a little bit worried that uh, they're, they're still... Um, you know, part of the establishment, and mm. and very but few of them will have the spine to stand up and mm. speak out against uh, horrible ideas because they they still want to cater to everybody, 
and and that's not what I'm politics is. I'm not sure is. that's the case in Canada. I, before I forget, because you mentioned some, this is actually a Jordan Peterson quote. And what I would say is you need to be able to do the micro before you can do the macro. Although there's a lot of intellectuals who keep saying, regardless of what you're talking about, uh, prediction, a, a truly accurate prediction has to only be narrow in scope. You cannot predict broadly. It's too many variables. So Jordan Peterson's quote is, if you cannot bring peace to your household, how dare you try to rule a city? Right. And so, you know, some certain high profile American politicians may or may not have crackhead sons running around doing all sorts of ridiculous crap. And then you can see how his leadership is doing well versus the other uh, bad individual, as the media would say. Actually, you look at his children and they're doing really well, even though they had dad's money. They're all behaved. They'll run successful businesses. They're good behaved people, um, if you know what I mean by that. Um, so if you if you can't take care of yourself and your family first or you run away from it, it means you haven't really developed yourself properly and it'll be difficult to manage larger systems. Now, you said something that you know I was debating about myself is the whole staying in your mom's basement thing. Now, I think... That in itself is not a bad thing because historically, uh, up until the 50s or 60s, people very rarely left home. And, you know, when you got married, you'd stay in intergenerational thing. And due to economic reasons, people were able to easily go get any job, go buy a house, have their own house fairly quickly um, from, you know, 50s, 60s onwards, all the way up until fairly recently, actually. And actually, actually, look, the amount of people who were forced to live back with their parents not from want but from economic it's going back to that economic because our economic systems are not doing well right now no matter what anyone says um so a lot of people are being forced to stay in intergenerational homes again because it's much more difficult to own property we had a very you mentioned earlier we had a very nice peaceful period relatively in western world from the you know the 50s 60s towards you know probably late 90s early 2000s where you could get any decent job work for five years and you could probably get a mortgage on a house and now like me and my wife were looking for a house it's impossible unless you have millions of dollars like you're getting outbid by people and it's crazy and so we're like oh we'll get a townhouse um so you know there's always these multi-layer factors now if you're staying in your mom's basement doing nothing that's a problem and and that's what i meant yeah and and you know when when i was growing up in um in hungary too it was usually three generations living mm. in a small tiny apartment uh with two rooms not not two bedrooms but mm. two rooms and then at night you would convert those rooms into bedrooms in the morning you would turn it back into a living space mm. um there was these uh you know ghetto style uh apartment buildings uh mm. quite ugly but wh- where i lived it was actually quite nice you know with all the trees and, and parks around these uh, uh concrete monstrosities um but yeah no no you're absolutely right and and i stand corrected uh th- there, there's nothing wrong with the, the family pulling together and, mm. and helping each other especially nowadays yeah the real estate market is absolutely crazy uh what, what i what i meant by that is is that when when people are there because they are they are without aim and mm. and and you know they are they're just really can figure out you know how to uh start living their own lives and and so that but that going back to uh the importance of family and and you know how so many people are pushing for uh more social programs mm. to to help people uh through um 
uh, through the government. I, 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 I don't really, and I, I would not endorse that. Uh, I think we do need social programs to a certain level. But once it becomes unsustainable and, and, and you're, you're taxing the working class, and it's, it's usually falls on, on the middle class, you know, tax upon tax upon tax, and, and we have to um, pay for social programs which are really not necessarily ju- ju- justified yeah. or helpful. And, and, and you know the, 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 the saying that, Give a man a fish, and they will live another mm. day. Well, I versus, love that. Yeah. versus, give a man a fishing net, teach them how to fish, and they will never go hungry again. Mm. And and I think uh, that's that's what our main focus should be. Instead of creating, uh, uh, you know, all these different social safety nets, where we motivate people to 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 stay on on unsustainable welfare pro- programs uh not not to make an effort to get an education to get a job um and and you know i, I never believed in in unemployment mm. i i think there there's no such thing um there are uh and and again i i don't want to uh come across too critical or or to say you know that the, the world is full of lazy people but uh m- maybe the world is full of people who are uh, aimless or or people who are not having the the support system that they ought to have mm-hmm. and 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 so if you have a, a family where where mom and dad and and, and in, a, in a typical you know healthy family mom and dad will will always keep hitting you over the head to to do your homework mm-hmm. and to to bring home good grades and and they they want you to play the piano and to go and learn karate and and to you know, become a, a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer or be, you know, all that you can be and to, to try to bring out the best, the, the, the best in you. Um, so if, and, and it's funny that some of these, and I have a, 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 a lot of friends, uh, you know, from all walks of life and some of them, they, they subscribe to, to some of, you know, the, these type of things and they're more left-leaning and, um, and I always try to understand why they they lean to the left, and and it's coming from a good place. They are they're very compassionate, and 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 again they have empathy for other people, and and they they want to speak for the disenfranchised. So, but but then again, I I ask them. So here you are as a parent, you know, w- wanting your kids to to have all that, but from the other hand, you you want the government to have this perpetual uh vicious cycle um you know in in our country where um people are are just not motivated mm-hmm. to to be all that yeah so so don't you don't you find it a little bit funny or and 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 contra- you're contradicting yourself when he- here you are you know wanting your your kids to have all that but but you're super um but but you're overlooking uh, you know the shortcomings mm. of the so-called disenfranchised yeah. masses, right? Yeah. So you know, I don't know any intellectual left or right, regardless of the. Pl- you have to be a complete moron to not be in awe of the book uh, *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl. Are you familiar with it? Oh, you have to read it. It Viktor Frankl grew up in the Holocaust camps and he survived, and his book is *Man's Search for Meaning*, and he lays out this whole why some people survived and why why some didn't and he ended up becoming a famous psychiatrist which 
I am disgusted that in my entire psychology studies, his field of psychology, which is brilliant, was never mentioned. And I'm like, because it goes against the progressive narrative, what he's saying. Now, he basically said, you need purpose. The people who survived the camps, even with no food, with no sleep, with the abuse, found purpose. Whether it was, I will find my lost love once I'm out of the camps, or I need to survive for that crow over. It didn't really matter. I forgot specifically, but it showed purpose is so important. A purposeless existence is one not worth living. And, and you will see this when people don't have purpose. They just go into despair. Now, I'll relate this to the drug thing, uh, addiction. Now, I was uh, listening to a Huberman Lab, brilliant, brilliant uh, professor, but he had Dr. Anne uh, Lemke about uh, talking about addiction. Now, a while back, I forgot when, there was this famous Rat Park study. Are you familiar with it at all? So the rap, and I believe it was done at UBC. I can't remember. One of the professors that I learned from at Kwantlen actually was an assistant on that. Now, what they did with the rats was they put them in like horrible conditions and they gave the rats, they isolated them and they gave the rats uh, cocaine-laced water and regular water. So when they gave the rats horrible conditions, they almost always went to the cocaine water. But when they allowed the rats to socialize and have fun, they'd almost always go to the water water. Now, it's unusual for animals to choose, po quote, poison water, but they were doing that. Now, I believe the conclusions that came out of that were not the greatest in the sense that they concluded that it's... Uh, they were correct in realizing that not all addictions are biological in nature. Some are, like if you're highly addicted to alcohol, you can't go cold turkey. Basically, anything you can't quit cold turkey is clearly there's a biological addictive faction. But a lot of things, even like cocaine you can quit cold turkey because you're not addicted to it because uh, it's chemically addicted. You're addicted to it because it's an escape. Now, this was then used by left-wing people to be like, you see, you know, we have to treat people with dignity and all that, which is true. But I was listening to that Huberman lab, and what she was saying is, well, actually, it's about purpose because she's like, you know who is it? addicts? It's... It's usually saying that actually in the modern time, it's the lower middle class and working class that has more free time than ever. 40% more free time than the upper class because the upper class are always doing things. Maybe it's because they can afford to take classes and do stuff, but they're always doing things or being productive because they do have the resources to be able to do whatever they want. But the working and uh, the middle and uh, lower class and lower class have a lot of free time as in they do their job and then they're they don't have to survive anymore. You know, they can feed. And she was saying that actually what it is, is the people without purpose become addicted to stuff that's not chemically addictive. And if you look at a lot of rich kids, well, they're addicted to drugs because they say, I have no purpose. So it's not specific to having money or not money. It's specific. The, the connecting factor is purpose. And man's search for meeting really and and the leftists know this and the right people know this and anyone with a brain knows you need purpose but their ideas are not really acknowledging that if you create uh these social systems that need everyone to rely on the system you're not giving people purpose and it's going to be a disaster it's just very clear what's going to happen it's not going to go good i think you wanted to jump in there but no, I, I look forward to reading those two books that uh, you recommended, uh, and, and, and I do agree with that. And, and so that, that's why uh, 
um, it is important for uh, for for the family to um, to reinforce that. So when um, so when the next generation uh, you know grows up and and they they take over you know uh, from the generation that that came before them, um, they, they are equipped uh, you know to to handle the the new challenges and and that they they will have a purpose they will have something to live for and and you're, you're right oftentimes you, you know the, this this nihilistic point of view from from young people is is truly um truly sad and and uh i i i just can't even imagine you know being in in that state of mind when you you're you're walking around you know with your brand new nike shoes you know typing away on your expensive iphone you know being on social media and you're you're probably living in a nice house with your mom and dad or maybe even in in your own condo and and you're criticizing the world around you and and nothing makes sense and everything is bad everything is is uh is, is just wrong and 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 you're just constantly angry and and you're angry at the world because you're you're thinking that the the world owes you something and and that your failures it's not not something that you need to um explore a little bit and and to identify why there is uh but you're uh projecting all that onto the rest of society and the world around you and you're some somehow waiting for that fried chicken to fly into your mouth without making an effort and and so i think that's that's where uh we are going wrong as a society with the next generation that that we live in in the age of entitlement mm-hmm. um and and somehow people they they think that they are entitled to all those things without making an effort mm-hmm. And and I I keep um, seeing the, these signs at protests when I watch the news that you know that this is my right and and etc etc. Et um, well, maybe it's not your right. M- maybe it's it's something that that you need to work on. And and maybe you know healthcare professionals also they deserve to get paid. Mm. And maybe there there needs to be a a a, a, a two system, maybe a hybrid of. Uh, of of a uh, socialized medicine versus the option of of going well, private. We, we, we actually percent. do have that here, but most the, people don't know. Exactly, <laughs> and and but but that's what I'm saying. So many people, you know, they uh, they, they they look at the world around them that uh, we we pay taxes, therefore, you know, I I need to get this this and that, and I have a, a right to those services, and 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 I I need society and the government to take care of me, and. Um, you know, a, a friend of mine once told me, uh, you know, this other great saying that uh, the world owes you nothing. Mm. You know, you you should uh, uh, expect nothing from the world. You you should earn everything, and and that gives you purpose. Mm. When when you go out there and and you earn yourself a degree, or or you go to trade school and and you become a carpenter, a plumber, an electrician. Um, you start your own little company and, and, and you, you work your butt off, you know, seven days a week, 16 hour days, and you build your own little company and now you're responsible for 50 employees and so on and so forth. And, and that gives you purpose. Meanwhile, you're supporting your, your family and, and you're spending good family time with them. And, 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 um, 
maybe you know you 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 find uh wonderful activities to do in your downtime whether it's um you know going hiking or camping or or attending you know church services where also kids can learn about um you know values and 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 on um on religion i i just also just want to say one thing and why i think uh uh if not necessarily religion, but some kind of spirituality or some kind of belief system uh, needs to happen within a family. And and uh, I'm I'm not criticizing people who are uh, atheists or or people who um, are uh, y- you know more modern thinking and 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 they they, they look towards maybe sciences and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, as long as you have something, some something that makes sense to you. Um, it, it's all good, but the the reason why I um, I like you know Christianity uh, with with its uh, you know uh, turbulent long history if 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 we look back you know the last two thousand years let's say from the the, the time of Christ um, is is because it also ties into uh, all those wonderful stories that that came before Christianity and. And and as you said, the purpose comes from those stories, and and when even and, and again, I don't know, I don't think we, we know enough about the, the cavemen to be able to speak for them. But what, what, whatever we are suspecting mm-hmm. that you know the way they lived and, and the way they they survived the elements and each other and and attacks from wild animals and the other tribes, etc., etc. And and whatever we learned from their burial sites and and their rituals and they they were very ritualistic and and. And right there, there are signs um, of, of just that—that that they were seeking meaning and purpose. Mm. Um, and and you know, from ancient Greek mythology as well. You know, it it, it, it is just so interesting how people were trying to interpret uh, our very existence, and and that, that there's there's got to be something bigger and greater uh, out there other than than just just ourselves. And and um, even from a scientific point of view, if 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 you look at nature, and and how you know life evolved on on our planet, it, it is just uh, we are at an awe of of, of how awesome nature is, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know through these um, uh, through these stories and and through our existence and and how for a very long time we were part of nature and and i guess before we ate you know from from the apple we 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 were in seek of that meaning and and purpose and 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 we we were always going from point a to b and 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 we have that uh inner uh motivation that urge to to always be on the move and and to be productive and and to do something and and because if we don't if we stop and if we we stay idle uh we become depressed we start doing maybe drugs we we, we ju- just kind of lose hope and and th- that's why i think spirituality religion a belief system at least it uh it gives us hope uh, a man cannot live without hope that uh, today I had a, a really crappy day, or at training, you know, I I I got my butt kicked and and I did horrible. But if I work hard, you know, 
next week at, at the class I'm going to have a, a fantastic uh, you know time and 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 I I did really good I I um, I did well in in karate or in school or at work and and how to cope with disappointments and failures in life uh, ties into that you know healthy mindset and 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 the way we keep training ourselves to be strong and resilient um, and 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 that is is now somehow i i think it's 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 slowing down a little bit and and we we cut all people uh we 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 cut all the next generation you know we create safe spaces in in colleges and universities we we provide more and more social safety nets for people to to stay in in that uh state of idleness um and and we are we are seeing a, a bigger divide where, um, you know, the the go getters, the, the 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 tough middle class, they they go and and work their their butts off and and they they produce and and they do, um, and 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 they feel the pressure. I think and mm. and, and so that, that that's why, uh, I think people should should have more conversations. Uh, what, uh, again, one, one of uh, one of the the, the, the things that uh, I really like about podcasts is that uh, I, I see a, a lot of people getting engaged finally, mm. finally. Because I- even within my circle of friends, uh, sometimes I I see people are are shying away from conversations. Mm. That oh hey Laszlo you know we, we should not be talking about this because it's a taboo subject and you know I don't want to hurt your feelings or maybe someone will will hear what I just said and then they won't be my friends anymore and yeah. and, and and it's it's so sad like mm. growing up in in communist Hungary my my dad couldn't care less mm. he, he was trying to find the right frequency for the voice of free Euro- Europe coming from Rome mm. and it was banned it like was, on it the radio was, on mean? the radio yeah. it, it was an illegal radio station that uh, you, you can't listen to mm. and and uh, a lot of people were listening to that so that we can we can hear the uh the real news what's happening in the world other than just listening to uh you know the the communist propaganda mm. and and um the number one topic in in these communist countries or at least in hungary i know maybe not in in east germany because every neighbor was uh probably a a, a party member who, who was ready to uh you know tell on you to to the thought police but in 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 hungary uh people were actively engaged in political uh, discussions mm. and 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 I I find it extremely troubling and sad uh, that in today's world in the West in the free West where you you, you should be able to enjoy freedom of speech mm. um, and and people are still scared and and they don't they want to avoid oh yeah you know a whole bunch of different I've, subjects I I've seen this throughout the pandemic very clearly i'm a lot of people are very upset with me they won't and this is what bothers me is they won't actually tell me they're upset with me they just do with the modern thing of ghosting and some of these people are adults like in their 50s too like i'm i come in like a wrecking ball on these topics because i don't care i want to discuss and i want to see where you're at and where i'm at but people find it so off-putting because they've been conditioned not to talk about it because it's impolite or disrespectful and this is how we're getting the propaganda from the media and, and, and people that 
they're misrepresenting material facts on a whole bunch of stuff. It's there's some truth to what they're saying, but it's how they're presenting the information that people believe things. It's like, wait, wait a second. And because they don't want to talk about it, and if you talk about it, you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever. But I was like, listen, I don't think you understand that what they're telling you isn't exactly it's modified truth because I can break it down to further truth and all of a sudden it changes the narrative a little bit and people just are so uncomfortable like a lot of the martial arts community didn't close down during this time because they knew it's not really getting enforced here but they didn't want to talk about it and as soon as the public started getting louder and louder and more panic because of fear and all this stuff all of a sudden they're like we have to do what we're being told to be good citizens and I'm like what the fuck and there's very few people like I know people, a lot of people don't agree with what's going on, but they're just being quiet and not saying anything. Then other people are like, we have to be good leaders and promote this. And did it. I'm like, wow, I lost all respect for you. Uh, and they, they don't like me because I'm like a wrecking ball right now on the, a few things on the matter of truth and purpose with universities. I think what happened is and I'm not sure it's always entirely true but with universities they forgot what it's about which is the search for truth and ideas and then whenever so all of a sudden you let everybody in all the time with every no matter what their level of capability and intellectual uh, whatever and then we come up with all these degrees that are meaningless and silly and full of false ideas the universities started treating it like a business oh the more students we have coming in the more money we make even though they have billions and billions of dollars in some of their their budgets, some of these Ivy League schools. Well, the more people we let in, the better it is. And so then what it came to is we need to keep the students happy because if the students aren't happy, we won't have people coming to our university. And so we have to do what the students want, and they forgot what their purpose was, which was higher education, not job creation, higher education. The reason why higher education was a means to as a model to hire people because back in the day hey, it's like hey if you had a university degree you're probably quite a capable person as compared to everybody else that's why employers started using it as a metric however now it's not that anymore because it, now a lot of people get in university who are not capable and they get phds and they're not capable they just did the work but they're not actually really capable outside of checking boxes and doing what they need to do to get their grades and so a lot of even corporations now are like i don't really care if you have a degree anymore and people are like, what? You know, I told that to an African kid in, in university. He's like, I forgot what country. He's from probably Nigeria. I said to him, I don't think you realize that in North America, degree has a lot less meaning. I'm like, if you get a degree here and you go back to Africa, it has a lot of meaning. Because it still has that, oh, you were able to do this. You're probably quite capable. Uh, so it's kind of, they've lost their way, the education system. They forgot what their purpose, at least higher education Um and then sort of on the purpose, uh, there's a intellectual, he's not very well known outside of the tech world. His name is uh, Naval Ramakant. He's brilliant. He is so angry right now at the way the world is going. But he's like the guru that all the tech people go to for advice, like all the angel advisors. He's just a brilliant human being, but it's hard to find his work because it's kind of spattered all in random interviews and podcasts and his Twitter feed is weird, but... One of his quotes, he kind of, I'm going to butcher it. I always try to find it. I can never. But he said something about like, you know, at a certain level of intellectualism, when you're having your existential crisis of what the purpose of life is, you will probably come to one of two conclusions. is that you're either going to find God or have kids because both will give you a sense of purpose of something beyond yourself. Uh, and I and that, that re uh, resonated with me and my wife so much, it actually it was included in our wedding ceremony. 
because I'm not a religious person. So our conclusion was, so we should probably have kids. Right. And we actually ended up getting married because of Jordan Peterson. I was like, eh, I don't really care. Um, but she's like, oh, we need a stable home. We need the marriage so that if we have kids, it's for them. It's like, okay, fine. That's I'll accept that point. So then we kind of got married. COVID kind of pressured it, just compressed it. You either came out stronger or you collapsed in, in the lockdown. So we went that way and we're better for it, I think. But that, that, that quote is just like, I never thought about it like that. That again, it, the religious thing was actually Ben Shapiro was like, the people need something greater than themselves. Now, Naval Ramakan is not a religious person. Ben Shapiro is, but they both end up with the same conclusion of you need something beyond yourself in order to keep yourself one from having an existential crisis, but also so you don't just succumb to like animalistic, chaotic uh, primate behaviors, which a lot of people, they just throw out structure and family and religion. And we, I don't need anything. And then you see how people behave. And they often come from families where there was no family. It was a disintegrated family, regardless of culture. You can go any any country in the world. You look at the groups of people that don't have very strong family units or broken families, crime is higher. And uh, they don't do as well in life. Yes, being born rich is very helpful in the modern day world. But how is it that some people do really well uh, versus others? There was a U.S. senator, congressman. I'm not, I can't remember. But he, I, I believe he was the first black congressman or senator. And he was telling the story of his grandfather. Now, he was raised by his grandparents, not his parents, because whatever. But he still had a family unit. His grandparents became his parents. That was his family unit. And he said every morning he woke up and his grandfather was reading the newspaper. And he didn't realize till way into adulthood, his grandfather was illiterate. He wasn't reading the newspaper. He was setting a behavioral precedence about he sees his grandfather reading the newspaper every morning even though he can't read it sets that image for him and he became the first i can't remember the first black congressman or senator and so it shows the importance of that in the home life so your purpose is either find god or have kids and you need to develop something that's beyond yourself or live for something beyond yourself otherwise it's you can very easily spiral to what's the point which a lot of people the nihilism kicks in for me, luckily, I found Kramaga, and I think without, even though you know financially martial arts in Vancouver is not the most lucrative thing, but without it, my purpose became teaching other people and giving them something that I didn't have in the form of kind of mentor. I'm not the best, but in kind of mentorship and guidance or giving them a perspective they never had. Because without it, there's a good chance I would have been lost and gone down some dark road or or worse, because I never had purpose. Because religion, while I grew up in a Jewish home, we weren't strong Jewish home. And, you know, it was kind of, my parents are good people. They're not absentee parents, but there wasn't a strong structure. I wasn't told to do my homework. You know, I could kind of do what I want because my mother sort of adopted the 90s attitude of, well, we want kids to have their freedom. And my dad, for work, for, for the family, had to work elsewhere and be other places. Uh, so I kind of did my own thing. And then I didn't really have purpose, especially when you don't really fit in with other people. You lose it and you don't have purpose. So I got into teaching martial arts out of circumstance rather than this is what I always wanted to do. But from it, I found my purpose. Uh, and beyond that, now I'm like, oh, I want to start a family because I think the next generation is super important. And ironically, it will probably make you very happy. In the Canadian elections, actually the youth vote 
is going more conservative, which you never would have thought. And it's like, what is going on here? I saw that. <laughs> that, that there is hope for us yet. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's what makes us so colorful and, and diverse. Um, it, it's not because we, we are forcing diversity uh, you know, curriculums and, and, and courses on, on people, but because um, we, I, I think we, we were always like that. And um, with, with technology too, the, the, world, the world got much smaller. And so right now, you know, you're, you're in an, an interracial uh, marriage and, and relationship with your, your wife being Asian. Um, same with me. Uh, my, my two kids are, are half Asians. And um, I, I, I never even thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when I came to, um, to Canada as, as a kid, I was barely 18. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I started meeting people and, and, you know, Canada was, was so colorful. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, in, in uh, behind the Iron Curtain, we, we were all white. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Hungarians. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you would see a, a foreign exchange student, you know, of a different color and, and everybody would look like, oh, wow, that, that person doesn't look like us. And, but it, it was also so, so cool. Um, but regardless of, of what your background is and, and, and uh, whether you, you had some kind of um, uh, d- disadvantages in, in life, um, th- that makes you uh, awesome in, in your own rights, that, that you, you managed to overcome what, whatever disadvantages you, you may have had. Uh, when I came here, I, I had I, I didn't speak the language, sure. so English is a is a second language for me, and uh, I had no money, uh, I had no education, uh, nothing. Like like if 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 you can, you can really um, uh, you know put your put your finger on on, on something on a on a disadvantaged person. You know I I, I was definitely one of those people. Um, and and I I did work uh, you know in in pretty crappy jobs and you know my my first uh, legal job that I I didn't have to do under the table uh, finally when I, I received my papers uh, from Canada Immigration uh, I was working for uh, an East Indian fellow uh, he was the the only one who who would hire me mm. I applied to so many other companies and 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 nobody would hire me. Uh, because I, I was qualified for nothing, mm-hmm. and and I said, look, I'm I'm willing to do anything. I'm I'm very hardworking. I'm gonna make you proud. And and um, so he gave me a chance. I was a carpet cleaner helper, and and of uh, how special was thirty eight dollars. It took us roughly two hours to do, and I was getting ten percent of every job. So mm-hmm. uh, I was getting uh, roughly a dollar ninety or, mm-hmm. or something per hour. That was my hourly rate minus tax. Um, and I was, wasn't getting paid for the, the travel time between, you know, clients. Um, so, yeah, th- those those were humble beginnings. And, and this was in 1988, 89. Right after I was born. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, so, yeah, I'm in my 50s now. And, and um, it seems like yesterday. Uh, but, you know, it was great. And, and I was so thankful for this person. And uh, we became good friends. And then later on when, as I was, you know, learning how to speak the language and, and, you know, putting myself through school. And, and um, well, at first I didn't even have money to go to school. So I, I was keep, kept reading my dictionary and, and uh, memorizing words and, and trying to learn from the radio and, and the TV how to put those words together into mm. 
coherent sentences. Um, and and so he gave me a, a wonderful reference letter. And then you know the the, the next place was already a little bit better. Mm. You know, w- working at uh, at a fast food restaurant and. And and I kept going to school and and working and and you know you, you slowly with um, a little bit of an effort or maybe a lot of effort uh, you 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 can make uh, you know some some great uh, advancements in mm-hmm. in your life and, um, and and sometimes it's not even the end result and 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 when you get to be fifty sixty seventy you're at the end of your life and you look back and it's it's not about you having a Rolls Royce part in your garage or or having millions of dollars in the bank or having a big house but but to look back on the journey and 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 to 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 see how uh amazing that life was and and again for three hundred fifty thousand years i mean mm. th- 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 there was no Rolls Royce and a big house and a bank account and all that and and people had to contend with uh um you know wh- whatever they had wh- whatever life was for them uh for the most part you, you know humanity was was starving and, and sleeping under trees or under a rock or 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 they they were dealing with um, all kinds of illnesses and and famine and and war and 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 uh, the elements so so for for them, and and again to to put human existence in into perspective, I I think we we need to keep reminding ourselves how lucky we are, you know, living in in this day and age, and 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 what happiness is, uh, just because you're being born rich into a, a, a family where where mom and dad will give you a Rolls Royce for your 18th birthday, it it does not uh, make you happy or not necessarily. And the novelty of that car will wear off in two minutes. Mm-hmm. So I I think uh, the journey that 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 we're on is 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 what matters. Um, our failures, our abilities to to pick ourselves up and and to soldier on, and to work towards something really great. And uh, I agree with you one hundred percent that um, you know one or the other. I mean if. Um, uh, again, if, if people they they don't, it's not a prerequisite to be religious, and and you know I I also have mixed feelings on on religion. The older I get and the more um, metaphysical I get on 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 existence and and uh, all the rest of it, um, that that uh, you know family is um, is is definitely um, what uh, what what gives everybody. Um, that that's really good foundation and and people without families um, you know I think they they do the next best thing and they take part in in society and 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 they work very hard to become useful contributing members of society and 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 be there for their friends and and their parents uh, hopefully uh, their, their colleagues they are their clients and we are social beings and 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 you can't avoid that there, there, there needs to be some sense of family some sense of belonging mm-hmm. and and um th- th- there are different forms uh there could be different forms of, of family and and i think the martial arts world is is also a great example for 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 that type of family and and that sense of belonging um and and i i i truly believe that um uh if if people are are, are just becoming a little bit more humble mm. and and more grateful uh you know these days then uh we we really have a we stand a very very good chance 
of of living in a in a prosperous world uh, where we can um, spread all all that uh, prosperity, you know, uh, in into other parts of the world which are less successful for whatever reason. Mm. And 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 that that's um, that may, maybe brings us to to the, the the next segment. I don't know how much longer we we want to keep talking on other things. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, I just wanted to uh, add to that. I can't. It might have been Naval. I can't remember. My wife's going to kill me that I don't remember who said it. But uh, happiness is where expectations meet reality. It's it's like a really good. Quote I I agree with yeah. that. So yeah, go on with what we were saying. Well, um, you know, when, um, when, when we look at, um, uh, you, you know, the, the, the great divide between, uh, you know, the West and, and the rest of the world, um, I, I think the, the, the way to uh, create a, a unified community worldwide where we can truly appreciate each other is, is not by destroying Western civilization. It's not by, you know, bringing down borders and it's not by mixing people willy-nilly or, or replacing certain uh, ethnic groups or, 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 or populations, uh, you know, here and there. Uh, but, but it's through um, learning from each other. And, and I, I, I think going back to that uh, competitive spirit, um, when, when I, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a, a sucker for um, the, the ancient world, and I, I, I love um, uh, ancient China in, in particular. I, um, I, I like to read up on, on their uh, wonderful culture and, and history going back 5,000 years plus. Um, th- there, there's so much to learn from, uh, you know, the, the, the ancient world, whether it's the Chinese, the Egyptian, the, the Greek, uh, the, the Hittites, uh, the Persians, the, uh, the, the, you know, India. Um, it, it, is, uh, it, it would be a pity for, for us to throw all that away and and to 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 start from scratch and I, I don't think that uh, anyone in their right mind would would suggest that and I and I think uh, you know we would uh, uh, we would do well to to preserve all that we have learned um, and 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 the, but the same goes for the the Europeans and um, and sometimes, you know, I, I feel a little bit uh, uh, frustrated when when my culture is being criticized. And, and in the past few years, Hungary was also singled out for they are... And Poland. Uh, Hungary and Poland, and, and yeah. Poland as yeah. well. You know, the, the, the way they are approaching emigration. Mm. And so I, I, I think um, every country has a, a responsibility... To, to protect and to preserve their identity, their, their, their culture, their traditions, their customs. Um, and um, when, when, when you look at all other countries outside of, of the, 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 the Western Hemisphere, somehow that's, that's perfectly normal and, and acceptable, and, and the left supports that. But uh, when it comes to... Uh, you know Hungary, Poland, you know the the entire uh, you know Europe. It it needs to be somehow demolished and undone because they were the colonizers. Um, and and again, going back to uh, um, you know what I I said earlier about, about uh, you know this uh, 
the, this lack of, of understanding. And, and again, I'm not a historian and, and I'm not um, uh, an, an educated person per se. I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, self-taught and, and I, I did go to school and I, I, I did, um, you know, pay attention as much as I, I could, you know, as a, as a young person. Um, you, you need to look at history pragmatically and, and you need to, uh, again, appreciate the contribution of, of all these different countries. And, you know, with, and you have to take it with a grain of salt and, and you have to recognize the, uh, the, the, all, all the, the, the good and the bad. And it goes hand in hand. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't uh, the, the Europeans who, um, who did, uh, you know, wrong by the world. Uh, they, they did plenty. They, they, uh, they, uh, but but they were, and and how should I, I, I I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. No, I, 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 well, I w- the way I would put it is, people have a failure to contextualize behaviors in the historical context. Yes. So th- that's it. A lot of what Europeans did, quote, did or did not do, or whatever, by today's moral standards, are not great. But then you're like. Everyone was doing that. Exactly. Including other black people in Africa yes. enslaving each other. And they still do that to this day. There's an open slave market in Libya. The, you know? and, 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 you know, um, it, it, after all, all the horrors of, of human history, and, and, and you're right, you know, slavery, for example, I mean, it, it happened and it was practiced for thousands of years, you know, throughout the world. And and uh, I, I I don't think that the Hungarians or the Polish or the Norwegians or the Finn ever went to you know North Africa to to grab some black slaves and mm-hmm. take it back to to Hungary and Poland. I um, you know to to um, use Ilan Omar's word, some people did something, and and in in Europe too. I think it was uh, a, a few countries. It was I think Spain, Portugal, England, you know France. I think the Dutch uh, were were in it too for a while. But but then um, you know it was also uh, the 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 European countries that uh, that opened up for the world and 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 they were inviting the rest of the world in and and um, then the the new world as well the the United States Canada Australia New Zealand uh, th- these were places where um, people could go from wherever and they could become that they mm-hmm. could become Americans. Uh, or Canadians, or or Australians, etc., and 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 it's it's just uh, it's amazing that after all those horrors, what um, whatever the the Europeans did, you know, through colonization and and war and 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 this and that, that we we finally arrived to that point where we recognize that those things were wrong. Let's do better, and we can do better, and so this is how we do it, and and so. That needs to be, I think, appreciated. Um, other countries who who also waged wars, uh, and and some countries they even had you know centuries old civil wars, whether it was in in China, you know, the Warring States, uh, whichever context you want to put that in, uh, whether it's Japan, you know, where you know the the, the shogunites were mm-hmm. were killing each other, and and one sab- samurai tribe went against the other, and. And they were slaughtering each other for for centuries, um, and and same thing in on the continent of Africa. You know, when when you look at all the different tribes there too. I mean, 
they were enslaving each other, they were going to war, um, and, and, and even during prehistorical times. I mean, that, that's, that's where, you know, all, all that comes from. You know, we were taking each other's stuff. We, we, one tribe uh, attacked the other. And, uh, for resources. For resources, yeah. yes. I mean, I mean to, n- not to uh, look at this, um, you know, th- these, these horrible events in, in, in its entirety and, and to, to recognize that uh, uh, every tribe, every nation, every country had, uh, you know, a growing up to do. Uh, you know, and, and, and it took us, again, thousands and thousands of years to arrive to, to this point in time. And um, history is something that we need to cherish, something that we need to learn from. Um, and, 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 and I think once we start doing that and, and once we start embracing all that, um, you know, then, then we can move forward in, instead of, um, doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, uh, you know, a good example is Afghanistan. So, uh, people are framing it as these endless wars and it's immoral and it's wrong and da, 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 da. now uh up until now i w- i would have said that the greatest military mistake of the last 30 years was going into iraq and then the second greatest one was leaving iraq and now we have this giant debacle now going into afghanistan was not as problematic as going into iraq was i don't think there was any real grounds legitimate grounds to have gone into iraq at the time but afghanistan they had a legitimate purpose we need to uh, uh, root out the the radical islam that would be willing to attack the west 9-11 the problem is where the corruption kicks in i am very much against the military industrial complex it's a very unnecessary because doing so you're not actually trying to solve anyone's problems just trying to make a few people very wealthy so the fact that they approached the war in the long run as military-industrial complex is why it kind of turned into a disaster. The concept of nation-building is not a bad thing. It's that all the money was going into the hands of the arms people and corruption. And now we leave Afghanistan in the most atrocious way possible. Uh, and you can see when people lose sight of what the reality of things they'll justify atrocious things. Like I saw a poll in America that something between 70 and 85% of Americans, Democrat, Independent, Republican, were like, this is a disaster. This was badly done. And yet you see the leadership saying, no, 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 it's a great success. And everyone's like, are you insane? So we can sit here and say the morality of the military-industrial complex is bad. I agree. It's a bad thing and they need to stop... Uh, making money, purely doing war and maintaining war for the sake of money. That's unethical, immoral, and wrong. But if anyone thinks leaving Afghanistan like that is a good idea, as in, you know, they're blaming it on Trump, it's like, you're out of your goddamn mind. He would never have done it like this. No chance. Because, okay, we agree, we're leaving. We're, We're getting out. You get the people out. You can get your equipment out. You scale back your military, and you leave. You don't just say we're done everyone out what's the plan no plan get out and then someone running their mouth saying we need to be out by this date and everyone's like who said that date and then the taliban says okay agreed what 
and then people are going to be, you're probably going to get 100, 200,000 person massacred. As per, I remember, I took a study, uh, a course, The Psychology of Genocide. Now, hilariously, the professor is an Indian who is extremely left-wing woke, which I found really strange. But he had a professor come in, I forgot his name, UBC professor, who was his professor, who actually also is a Holocaust survivor. We had two Holocaust survivors and a Rwanda genocide survivor. And the Holocaust survivor, who's a professor, was talking about stat statistics of the UN. The UN has basically become this giant waste of money and corruption, essentially. Um, and he said, every single time there's a conflict zone, and you know there's going to be conflict, the day after the UN leaves, everyone gets killed. Because the only thing that stops those psychotic people like the Taliban from massacring anyone who doesn't agree with them is them knowing there's a thousand people with guns that can fight back well. Um, but because it's been ideologued and the wrong arguments are being made, yes, military-industrial complex is bad, wars for the sake of war is bad, the Taliban probably could have been wiped out if you were actually there to wipe them out just like they did with ISIS rather quickly, and ISIS kind of disappeared as soon as the military was given the command, get rid of them, rather than, well, we need to play these games for moral and we don't really belong there. Well, no, ISIS is bad for Muslims, let alone the West. The Taliban is not great for anyone. You know, it's not great for the Afghani people, let alone the West. Women are screwed now in Afghanistan. So all these people talking about well, women's rights, like Marian Monsef, our lovely minister of whatever the hell she's the minister of in Canada, saying, referring to them as our brothers. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, uh, she basically doesn't want to make any Muslim look bad ever, even they're doing atrocious things. And it's like, they're going to kill people, and they are killing people. And Canadian American governments have basically abandoned everyone that was left behind said, hey, you guys have a month. Wait, you said we were fine and didn't need to go anywhere. I need more time than that. Nope. I think there's 1,200 Canadians or so still left behind, probably two, 3,000 Americans. They basically you know, said, oh, green card? Don't care. You're not a citizen. We don't care. Wait, what? You know, the same arguments still apply to the immigrants who illegally came into their country. Uh, they're double standarding everything. And then you find out that, you know, they brought out like 100,000 Afghanis. Uh, and then you find out that a large, large percentage of them weren't people that were supposed to come out. They're just people who rushed the plane and they just let them on. And so you don't know who half these people are. They actually found a convicted uh, murderer that had been convicted of murder in somewhere else and kicked back to Afghanistan rather than dealing with the penal system. And he got onto the plane. And yet... You know, there was that um, team that they did Mission Pineapple Express, which, uh, you know who Tim Kennedy is? He's a UFC fighter and a Green Beret and a comment. He does all this crazy. He's like the American, like America. Him and a whole, about, you know, a whole bunch of other Special Force guys, like 10 or 15 of them, went against Biden's orders and went and rescued five or 700 of their friends, the translators and all these people and all that. I actually heard that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I bet you they're going to try to court-martial them. But if they do, I think that's going to... I think they have to let it go that this group of Special Force guys blatantly ignored orders and went and did it anyway. Because that's moral fortitude. That's saying, hold on a second. These Afghanis that helped us and we should bring back... Uh, you're abandoning them. But you will then let in unchecked P-51 
people at the southern border come in COVID positive. You'll let them come in in the hundreds of thousands without question. But you're abandoning people we actually know are good people. I'm I'm personally vetting for this person. I want them to be an American citizen. And they abandon a lot of them. They abandon their own citizens. That's the issue with these ideologues. Is that as long as it's over there, I don't really care. But when it suits me here, I'll play it however I want. Uh, you know, I was talking about this in the other podcast, Trudeau. I mean, he's being booed and chased out of everywhere. And there, there is some issues with don't get aggressive because um, violence will usually in the West make your cause lose. So being overly aggressive with him is not a good thing. But he was in a campaign stop where he's inside. I forgot whatever the hell he's talking about. The guy's a narcissist asshole. Um, there's You can hear booing outside the building and chants and police sirens. And he says, I can hear you Canadians and what you want, what you want is environmentally friendly attitudes. It's like, dude, they're protesting you, you narcissist. But people will justify what he's doing because they think, oh, he's not that bad. Or he suits my needs. I'm getting something out of him. So despite the fact this person's an unethical lunatic, um, I'm telling people like, you need to stop using these uh, inflammatory words about this person. I'm like, name one other prime minister who probably should actually quite literally be in jail due to actual potential crimes he's committed and it's easy to prove. I actually, the podcast I did before this was a lot more political and they said I'm being harsh on my words and I said, do you believe he's committed a crime? At all, just any crime. I think so, probably. I'm like, so how are my words harsh if this is our leader and you're admitting he's probably committed a crime? And it's like, but it wasn't the case with him, but a lot of people will justify it because they've decided, well, these ideas are worth it. It's like not at the destruction of everything. Um, and we're seeing that. <laughs> and, and you know, that that's exactly what I'm seeing in, in politics too. That sometimes people they um, um, they 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 have this attachment to to a person and they start uh, idolizing, you know, someone like Trudeau or or Biden or Kamala Harris and what what these people represent in in their head because um, of of their ideology and you know I'm I, I stand for you know all these things and. And if I vote for for that person, then then you know my utopian world will will come true because they are, you know my my wizards, and with their magic wand, they're going to make all these wonderful things happen. Yeah. And and so that that's why I think people who are let's say supporting Trump, um, they uh, they take it with a grain of salt, and 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 you know we. Um, we conservatives too, and we we talk about whether it's Trump, whether it's Stephen Harper, whether it's Churchill, Reagan, or Margaret Thatcher. You know, all, all these uh, great leaders. Um, we we don't want them to be saints. We don't want them to be perfect, um, because we recognize the the, the fallacies of um, human society and and the individual. And and we um, we do the best we can. Going back to our earlier conversation on on what conservatism is, and 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 if you j- j- just simply follow those common sense 
rules and and if you try to do right by your uh your people within that country and and most other countries are doing it they have you know borders and and they have a strict strict immigration system uh i and and some countries you, you can't even emigrate to to some countries because they that that's how adamant they are about maintaining the status quo or mm. or maybe the the purity of of their country their race the 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 the, the, the way you do things um, and, and again, emigrating to America, anyone can become an American or a Canadian or an Australian. Try to emigrate to China mm, or, 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 or Japan yeah. or Malaysia or Vietnam or, or whatever. I mean, or, or go to India. I mean, you, you can travel to these countries. You can even work there for 20 years or 30 years or you can even live your entire life there. Uh, you know, on a green card or a work visa or, or m- get married to, to uh, a, a person of, of that um, uh, nationality and, and heritage, but you will never become, you know, Chinese or mm. Japanese or, or Indian or, or Vietnamese or, or whatever. Uh, so th- that, that's, that's why the, the West is so great. And, uh, and, and even in Europe, I mean, if someone wants to go to France, I mean, they will live a pretty happy life there mm. or, or in Hungary or Poland or whatever. Um, you have to make an effort uh, and and I think you will you can assimilate into that culture fairly well if if you really if your motivation to live there and to go there is 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 true and and is for the right reasons, but even there you know you you will never become mm. uh, a French or or Hungarian or Polish. It takes maybe a couple of generations for mm. your descendants you know to 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 become that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to emigration, I, I I think in in the West we are doing this uh, all wrong now. Mm. And and uh, how in the world can you not vet emigrants? Mm. I I went through that, mm. and and I had to jump through a whole bunch of different red tape and and interviews and and fill out paperwork and work my my buns off to you know pay for the the processing fees and and to stand in line and and to wait my turn etc cetera, etc cetera. and it took years for me to get the canadian citizenship um and 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 so for for us to to bypass that uh well proven system uh is 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 going to is going to cause some 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 di- some problems you know for a country it is it's just like when you're hiring a person you know within your company and 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 there you are let's say as an hr person and you're going through interviews and and you have two positions to fill and you have you know 50 people for those two positions obviously you want to interview you know the best of the best and you want to hire the top two people from from that group mm-hmm. and and it's perfectly fair uh same thing with uh who's coming into your house I mean, you're not going to leave the the door wide open and anyone can just just walk in, you know, get into your fridge, eat your food, you know, sleep here, whatever. Um, You also have, you you have a choice. You should have a choice who's going to work for your company, who's going to come into your house. Um, And on a grand scale within a country too, a country will have the right to vet emigrants and and to select the, 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 the right um uh people uh people who will come here for the right reasons people who wants to, people who fell in love with um what you have done in your country they want to become part of that social compact people who wants to 
do as you do. People who would like to, uh, you know, learn, learn the language, um, get a job, you know, teach their children the, the Canadian or the American or the Hungarian or the Polish values or the Chinese or the Japanese. Uh, and and it's, it's, these are perfectly reasonable expectations. And, and uh, but apparently not. Yeah. You know? So for me, it's it's like, so people often will be like, America was founded on immigration. Correct. But things were different there. You were on your own. You know, the Statue of Liberty, you bring us your tired, your weak, whatever. What they wanted is, if you could, back then, if you could make it across that ocean and survive and then get there, you probably had what it take to build something. They were looking for peel, people hungry enough to build something. And you were very much on your own. Um, and... You know, even like you look at the New York, well, actually, they were very racist towards each other back then. The immigrants versus like gangs in New York is not the most historically accurate movie, but it gives you some perspective of how it might have actually been. And even I hear in, even in the 70s, it was very much like that in New York. So we all have these delusions of the past of how idealized it was. Now, when you have all these socialized systems, which, again, we've discussed there's some merit to it, but oh, if it's done wrong, which it's being done wrong, they're not great. Now, when everyone's relying on the system, if you leave, bring people in unchecked and unchecked numbers without question, the system will fail because now that you've made everyone reliant on the system, while back then they were not reliant on the system, the system will simply collapse because it cannot sustain the numbers that you're doing. That's why having an immigration limit every year, numbers-wise, this is how much we can bring in objectively without the system being bogged down. And that's what we're getting is, uh, let's say, a Canadian... People actually don't realize, to this day, it's very hard to legally immigrate to Canada. Very difficult. And if you immigrate legally, get illegally, they kick you out. And so um, Canadians are looking at Americans like, oh, and I'm like, you do realize if you're illegal immigrate and get caught here, they will kick you out of the country. I know some people who had to get the hell out really fast because they came here illegally. And people don't know that. And then where this goes sideways is when <clears throat> let's say certain prime ministers use immigration as a political tool and then just bring in a whole bunch of refugees there's nothing wrong with bringing in refugees but bringing them in at large numbers dumping them in the same areas or in places that they have no support and then saying here's a little bit of help and then a year later abandoning them and they're like i don't know what to do in this country actually a lot of the syrian refugees were interviewed later on and were like i want to go back i don't know what to do in this country because they were brought under false pretenses on both ends. Not everyone, some of them. And they're like, this, I don't like this country. I don't, I don't know what to do here. I'm not integrated. I don't know how anything works. I can't get work. I thought you were going to support me. And, it was, and I got in a lot of some fights with people. I got to stay off Facebook for this purpose because people are like, you're, you're a racist. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying, guys. I'm saying you can't bring in mass people without integration and expect not to have problems. And, you know, a few people were killed from a result of that immigration push because they brought in people who were very questionable. There were some rapes and murders done by these. It's not all of them. It's a small percentage of them. But because they failed to vet people coming in and just kind of dump them, that will happen. And they say, oh, I don't know. You're just a racist. I'm like, that guy, that guy killed someone. And he had a known history of violence that you knew about. And you didn't deport him because he was one of the people that brought in you brought in during that political thing and that's where people get lost is they don't really understand what's going on they think they do based on the ideas and then they don't actually realize what their politicians 
are doing now we haven't talked about covid too much probably it's not a good idea to get too much into it with you but i just did the whole last podcast i did i was going off about the misrepresentation of the data they're being misrepresentative on purpose to cover up each one of their screw-ups they misrepresent the next set of data and misrepresent the next set of data and people who aren't really paying attention will look at the data and say like the daily hive and be like oh my god this is happening and then like can we do a breakdown of what this data means and because when i break it down it does it gives you a very different picture of what's going on an example was i was looking in uh ontario i found out today but in ontario if you get the first vaccination and you go to the hospital and then they test you for PCR, which they will, the PCR testing. All the PCR testing does is say you have an infection. So you could get the flu or you could just have a negative reaction to the vaccine. Well, if it's within 14 days of on, in Ontario, I get my first jab. I'm in the hospital in three days. I test positive for COVID. You'll be listed as unvaccinated. Now in BC, I found out today it's 21 days. Now the reason why they do that is to, in their heads is because any vaccine, you won't be able to develop the immunity properly from within uh, that amount of time, give or take. But they're in the hospital because of the vaccine. It didn't kill them, but you're listing it as unvaccinated when they're clearly there as a negative response to that vaccine. It's a, it's a it's lying. Now in court, they'll probably get away with it, but they're presenting the information in a way that most people believe something that's not the truth which is oh only unvaccinated are causing the problems like what's the breakdown of age again and what's the breakdown of when did they get their first vaccination because i guarantee if we break it up into sort of those three groups i'm sure there are people who are completely unvaccinated who finally feel safe to come out of the woodworks and now got the infection but again that pcr testing throws a little loop into everything because they could just have a bad flu but you oh they tested positive anyways so without breaking it down properly into all these different correct groups, you're getting misleading information. And so now people believe something that's untrue. So the same is with immigration. Bringing in refugees is good because they're taking a moral stance. On the surface, that's a statement. That's a true statement. If they're coming from a war-torn place, we want them to come live a better life. Okay, but you need to factor in the systems. You need to factor in the Certain people in North America believe you should never integrate people because we need diversity. And it's like you're screwing them just as much as you're screwing other people. Because, again, in the old days, you had to survive. One of my my uncles who married his father immigrated to Canada in, like, the 30s or the 20s. They said, hey, we're giving out land in Saskatchewan for free. It's yours. But you have to walk from Quebec to Saskatchewan. A lot of people died on that way. His, his father made it. And because he got land, they you know, had value. They don't, they don't do that anymore. They're not giving opportunity for success. They're coming in and looking. A lot of people, they're, they're looking at them as a tax revenue source as opposed to actually giving them a better life and contributing properly. And people just don't understand that, that that's actually the, the silly game that's going on and it's being sold to people as something that it's not. That's why a lot of people fall to the, the emotions and the ideas but from a practical application, they don't really understand what's going on. And anyone who questions it is being called all sorts of names as a distraction from the fact people are pointing out, hey, something's wrong here and it needs to be fixed. No, it's not. You're a racist. Or no, it's not. You're an anti-vaxxer. Or no, it's not. It's like all I'm saying is you're misrepresenting what's going on here. And people don't want to listen because you don't have, they do the appeal to authority. You don't have a doctor or you're not a politician. 
I mean, half the politicians don't even know what the heck is going on. They just do whatever the party tells them. And it's like, that's the problem is people are too distracted with silly things to realize what's actually going on. So that when criticism come up, they believe the bullshit as opposed to fair criticism. And that is, if it's not solved soon, I think we're going to have problems, serious problems soon in society. And and that's why the the right questions need to be asked and, and discussed. And um, you're absolutely right. When, when you're trying to raise these questions, um, you, you will be shot down mm. that, that you're not allowed to ask questions. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of immigration, being an immigrant myself. And, and I, I, I think um, the, the immigrants from all around the world, from you know, all different countries, they, they brought um, their, their ideas, their hard work, uh, their enthusiasm, you know, to to their new homes, and and they need to be cherished and and valued, and and that type of diversity uh, needs to be celebrated. But but again, uh, diversity to me uh, means maybe a little bit uh, something different, or probably does mean something completely different from uh, the left. For me, it's it's about diversity of thought, while we are all buying into that same membership and and emigrants uh, when they again they need to come for the right reasons they they need to love their new country they need to pledge allegiance to the flag and what it stands for they they need to uh, celebrate our history with all the bad and all the good uh, if you come to a country because you want to bring your values from those countries and 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 and, and um, yeah sorry I'm, I'm i'm losing chain of thought here if you're going to bring let's say bad values with you uh that, that you can't leave behind because you you came from a, a a poor third world country and and nowadays you're not even allowed to say third world country because that's politically incorrect and and it's uh condescending or whatever but um, if, if you are from that disadvantaged background, the whole point of you coming here is because you want to adapt uh, better values. You, you want to um, learn from your new country uh, the, the way this society works and, and the reason why we achieved all, all this greatness uh, better than your home country is because of the following. And um, and again, I some people will will call that you know bigoted and, and you're a racist and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But but there is such a thing as as a, a, a culture that's better or more successful, mm. and and throughout the ages, um, you know that that competition again it, it comes in cycles too. Uh, for a few centuries, you know this country will will rule and and you know you you had all these great empires like the the Roman Empire and the Persians and and they kept alternating and. Um, and, and that's just the, the, the nature of things. And, and so once the immigrants are, are here, uh, you're right, there ne- also needs to be uh, a right number, like, uh, like a, a, a number that we can absorb and, and a number that is not going to overwhelm our resources. Um, and, 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 and then, you know, again, that diversity and, and that... Um, uh, sense of 
community, regardless of race and ethnicity and, and all that, it will, it will happen organically. And, and again, it, it, you, you won't even have to teach that. I mean, I, and, and I think it was Thomas Sowell who, who, who said it best that racism was already on, on life support mm. and, and it was all but gone until the left started pitting us uh, against each other mm. and, and, and they started uh, teaching this in school, not another critical race theory and, and, and stuff. Um, most people they they don't think about race mm-hmm. and 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 you know a, a few people I mean th- there there will be always some ding dongs out there you know mm-hmm. who 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 are you know um, racist or bigoted or or whatever and 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 we as as flawed human beings we will always say something or do something you know that that we might regret later out of ignorance or you know we we end up putting our you know feet in our mouths and. Um, but as, as long as we also recognize that, that, that we said something inappropriate or, or we, we, we approach this person with um, a preconceived notion or, or we kind of judge that person by, by their appearance or, mm. or the, the, you know, the, 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 the saying, don't, don't judge a book by its mm. cover. Um, I, I think we are on the right path and for, for the most part our or society, we is, or, or we were, <laughs> and, and, and then, uh, you know, this happened and, and I think finally the parents are, are standing up and, and they want to, you know, uh, get rid of the critical race you theory. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I follow all sorts of media, e- even things I despise and I do follow uh, the English Chinese news on Facebook and the R- RT I know their propaganda, but it's interesting to see uh, what uh, is what their perspective. And they, I saw a couple articles from both of them that are like laughing at critical race theories, saying this is what's going to destroy America. That's their perspective. They're like this whole thing. I think it's all China's doing at this point. They've infiltrated corporate America. Uh, I figured this out because you know the the BC company Arcturix. It's a BC company, a clothing company. And uh, uh, they have an entire military line of clothing. So they support the military. But here's the thing. I believe in 2016 or 17, they were bought out by like a Dutch or European company. And last year or the year before, they got bought out by the largest sporting Chinese conglomerate. So now through tiered layers, China essentially owns this BC company. And only in the last year are you hearing out of this company saying... We no longer support anything to do with firearms and and military and this and and people were like, wait, what? You guys have a military line? And there was some PR person or some person who had this comment that went viral. And I'm like, I'm very confused. I'm like, I looked into it and I found out. Well, now they're owned through a third party, through you know another company, a company that owns a company, a Chinese giant conglomerate. That is the reason why corporate America is doing this crap. You look at Hollywood and Disney. They're getting most of their money from China now. That's why they're supporting this nonsense because it's follow them. You know, a Rush Hour 2, the movie, the Jackie Chan movie, Chris Tucker, they said follow the rich white guy. Well, really, it's follow the money. Well, the money is actually leading back to China. China doesn't need to disrupt uh, North America through military means. They're doing it through cultural means. Now, the accusations that Russia interfered with all. All Russia did, actually, hilariously, Russia didn't break any laws in the 2016 election. They were just trolling people on Facebook. They did a masterful job. That's all they were doing. They did not break any laws. They followed all the rules. And that's why Facebook got so upset because Facebook wasn't paying attention to who's paying for what and who's doing what. You know, there is some merit to that's how Trump got elected. 
it's not to call it Russian interference, some grand conspiracy. It's like, no, they were just, they literally screwing with you guys. They think it's funny. I think it's funny because you guys got trolled, basically. But what China's doing is planned, coordinated, and global. And they're infiltrating everything because they know that the, the, the downside of capitalism is greed, unchecked greed. And they've infiltrated Hollywood and they've infiltrated corporate America and they've infiltrated it. And since their company's own, they'll send down just very subtly like, hey, this is the new corporate stance. If you don't agree with it, you're fired or whatever. And people don't realize that this is going on. And I was listening to, I think it was like The Economist or BBC or whatever. And they had, I think, some uh, Iranian person saying, oh, this this is brouhaha about China. It's just them being imperialistic. And it's like, okay, the accusations of the Democrats against Russia were proven to be quite unfounded. The only thing that they did do was the Facebook thing, which, again, is funny, but very sad. Um, that's all they did. And so when you're looking at what China's, I've heard, um, intelligence people talk about this saying China is a problem. I've heard other people, experts, every world economists are like China is a problem. Even the Democrats have quietly kept a lot of Trump's policies against China quietly because they realize, oh crap, he might be right. And you're seeing the signs on the wall that China is trying to collapse the West through economic means subtly by simply hijacking their systems using money while simultaneously if you i don't know if you saw in the news right now china is cracking down on their own populace even more right they did took over hong kong they're probably going to make a play for taiwan soon um they just said kids under 18 are limited to video games for one hour uh every friday saturday sunday and holidays or i don't know about sundays they're also cracking down on celebrities Celebrities had free reign. Now they're cracking down because what's happening, their one-child policy is backfiring. And their economy, which people largely say was a false economy, they, that's what happens when you keep spending money and building bullshit projects and giant cities that are empty and all this nonsense they spent money on just to get spending and get people jobs. Um, the one-child policy has now kicked in, combined with actually capitalism, is that now they're, they did the math and realize they don't have enough workers in 50, 20 years to sustain what they've built because they don't have the next generation. And they also have, through capitalism, people have realized in China, like, I don't want to do this job for this money. I want to I get paid more. I want to learn more. I want to be more. And China's simultaneously cracking down on their own people because they're starting to get free thought, and they don't like that. Well, using resources from the West and collapsing the West to collect resources to make them survive. If China could, they'll just isolate themselves and then draw from outside. It would kind of be like uh, they're, they're doing colonialism in, in many ways. It's just subtle and it's craftier. It's not so aggressive and violent. Um, and so, you know, why is some of this stuff happening is follow the money. It goes back to China. Who, who stands to make money? China. And they're they're actually collapsing, and they're trying to desperately save themselves now. And it's actually this hilarious like circle of shenanigans that this is why everything is weird because people are puppet mastering. But you follow the money, and that seems to what seems to point in that direction consistently. And 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 I think these are the things that people need to dig into a little bit more to to understand. Um, 
you know the the grand scheme of things which is getting uh quite uh, convoluted and and you know you also look at the the banking systems I, I read a very interesting article on on that as well and and um again i'm not a financial expert but um you look at our real estate market now you you look at um you know some of the uh, the events that's this happening you know with uh the, the central banks uh etc cetera, etc cetera. and um I, I don't think that people are, are having the, the right conversations and, and I think um, I, I blame for the, the most part I blame uh, the media, mm. um, the, the bought and, and paid for biased left-wing media. Mm. Um, we, we are now uh, getting our information from each other, from social media, through research. We can't trust... Um, you know, global CTV. You know, all all these uh, uh, media sources. Um, you know, the the protests uh, around hospitals. You know, they were organized by doctors and nurses, and on the media, it was totally misrepresented that uh, anti-vaxxers are, you know, protesting uh, around hospitals, locking down the entryway, and ambulance and and sick people can get in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It is just so sickening, you know, and 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 even people who are um, uh, blindly following uh, mainstream media and and that's their only source of information. Even people uh, like that can can see that the reporting is is always quite one sided. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, yeah, my my thought on 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 the vaccines going back to that a little bit is is that um, we we really need to uh, clarify also what's what um, all, all these people like I'm I'm also person I'm not an anti-vaccine person I, I, I admire medicine and science uh, but as far as I know these are these products these new drugs do not qualify to be called vaccines mm. they are experimental uh, gene therapy drugs and uh, the and, and these drugs may or may not kill you or or cause some serious harm. yeah I, I just clarify because I don't want you to get thrown on the bus the, the, so the gene therapy thing is uh, what I would say is that the mRNA technology itself is old and they'll use that to defend it but using it in widespread human use is new and nobody can answer do you have long-term data on how this is going to affect people? Because they don't have it, because it just possibly cannot exist. Now, the reason why I would say it doesn't qualify to be called a vaccine, because to me, I don't care what the definitions are. To me, a vaccine is everyone gets this. You take it once or twice, depending on exactly how it works. You don't have to take it again because it basically stops you from getting it. It stops you from spreading it. End of story. Well, this is a coronavirus. This, this, I don't consider this a vaccine. It's, it's an inoculation. It boosts your immune system. How it does that, again, there's some question. Certainly, there's no long-term data. The, it's a gene therapy or not. I'm still like, well, I, I wouldn't go so far. I know I've heard interviews where people suggest that. Now, it may be true, maybe not be true. But again, I will just default to what's not controversial. There is no long-term data. None. And while, yes, it is true that the short-term data is that for most people, 
it is relatively safe in the short term. You don't have the long-term answer. It's not a thalidomide. It's not like that. It's certainly not. Otherwise, we'd know by now. But it's not what they're saying it is. For sure, it's not what they're saying it is because it's not doing what they said it would do. They've stopped talking about herd immunity once they realized we might only need 40 to 50% for this particular virus, not the traditional 95 like they were basing their models on. Uh, they stopped talking about natural immunity, which consistently proves to be a thing in younger people. And when you you ignore the fact that this isn't, it's not as dangerous as some people are saying it is, but it's not as safe as some people are saying it is. I've said it many times, I don't think a healthy person must take it as a means to save humanity. I think that's a lie. If you feel it's the appropriate thing for you, evidence suggests, hey, take it. Where the, the, the slippery slope goes is, are you going to keep making us take this thing over and over and over again and use vaccine passports? Because now we're going down the road of authoritarian control and not about protecting public health. Because if it turns out we need to keep taking this thing over and over again, guess what? doesn't do what it said it does and now potentially you're killing natural immunity's ability to work which for a lot of people should have been proven before vaccines were available by the fact that most young people got it that i know of and were fine some people had some complications yes some young people died but statistically you're more likely to be hit by a car in richmond than dying from getting COVID if you're a young person and i often leave out the comorbidities to this day it's still in bc where we live 80% of the people still dying are older or have comorbidities. And, 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 and yeah, I, I, I totally agree with everything that you said. Um, and, but the, and, 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 you know, the, the reason why so many people are, are not trusting these so-called vaccines is because of that. Mm. Um, there it are, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. There are so many unanswered questions. Um, what type of, of vaccine this is, uh, what is the, the safety data, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when you have more and more uh, specialists, uh, virologists and vaccinologists are, are coming out to, to question it themselves and, right. and to, to say, well, this is my take on it. And, and Dr. Ryan Cole was from Idaho. Oh yeah, oh, he's, he's a, he's a yeah. virologist. He, one of his presentations was was quite revealing and and, and an eye opener for for many, is that when he he talks about and he's trying to put the data data in into con, a, a proper context yeah. and and how we need to interpret those numbers, and when he he talks about uh, underlying health conditions and and the age groups and uh, the the, the two point seven million people who died. Uh, around the world, you know, uh, allegedly from COVID. I think it's high. officially it's higher than that now, but I don't think it's as high as they they've said it is uh, personally. But well, no, and that's exactly yeah. whatever that number is. Let, let's say two million or three million, whatever. I, I saw the two point seven in, in one of the articles recently. Maybe it was an older one, but um, he was also saying that you need to take that with a grain of salt mm -hmm. because um, the, uh, the the majority of the people who who died with COVID. And th there's another interesting uh, thing that, that he said, or, or it was one of those other doctors, it says, uh, did these people die with COVID mm. or from COVID? Yeah. Like th th there's a difference. Yeah. And, and so when, when you're, uh, uh, let's say at the end of your life and, and the average lifespan is around 75 and, and, and when people, they start dying 
from old age and underlying health conditions. By then, you, you may have some heart condition, you, you have diabetes, you have kidney and liver failure, etc., etc. And I'm, I'm not saying, I mean, I, I love my mom. She's, she's 82 now, and, and we, we protect her and we cherish her, and hopefully she will be with us for a long time. Um, and, and you definitely don't want to discount uh, seniors and the elderly. Mm. But uh, when, when, when you, you look at things objectively and, and to say, well, if you're at the end of your life and, and you already have those health conditions and now you get the, the flu mm. or pneumonia that will push you over the edge and, and because of those complications you will now die, um, the, these statistics, I mean, th- this is just uh, the, 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 the normal, uh, natural progression uh, that we will all go through. Uh, forget COVID-19. I, even if COVID-19 would not exist and did not come into our lives, that, that's the way life works. We, 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 we are born, we live, and then we die. And, and so if, if we're going to look at that, uh, then, you know, over 90%, or, or I think his number was like over 97 or 98% of that number should be taken out. Mm. And then other people, again, uh, the rest who died from COVID, it wasn't really from COVID. It was maybe from a complication um, because they already had other underlying health conditions. The, the likelihood of you dying from COVID is extremely small. It's, it's minuscule. Mm. And uh, Joe Rogan had, had COVID yeah, just, just now. The, and, and, oh, the and media is having yeah, a field day. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And, Unbelievable. And so most people, I mean, if you're, you're a normal, healthy young person, you know, for a few days you, you feel like crap, just like getting the flu, and, and, and then you're fine. Mm. And so, so that's why a lot of people are waking to that, um, you know, realization. And, and, and that's why a lot of people are hesitant. And they will yeah. say, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to risk it. Yeah. And it's my body, my choice. I'm, I'm going to get the COVID eventually, and, and I will suffer through it. My body will, will build up immunity. And, and, my, and now some of the studies coming out, now they're saying but that. you should <laughs> still take this. Yeah, but you should. I can't believe they added that into those pages. Yeah, like, I, I, oh I know. God. I know. And, and so th- th- that's what the big hoo-ha is. And, and that's why uh, all these people are protesting. And it's, it's not, not because they, they are against people you know, taking I mean, there are, there are th- some th- loonies. Th- th- there, yeah. there are some loonies. There, there always are. But uh, for for the most part, I think people and, and interestingly enough, you can the the, the so-called anti-vaxxers, they're, they're they're pretty calm, normal people, and and it's usually people on the other side who are being quite belligerent and and critical and judgmental of the people who are not getting mm. the vaccine. I well, I'm I'm concerned in BC, like they don't realize. Oh, I mean, you're inciting. They're going to incite violence eventually even in Canada where they get the, the major, quote majority against the minority and there is going to be a violent confrontation. It's going to be solely on the government so completely. But so like the Dr. Ryan, uh, what was his last name? Dr. Ryan Cole. Yeah. Now I, I remember seeing he's a very, very good thing, but so he's a virologist. Now here's what I say. They say, trust your doctors. It's like, okay, my GP doesn't know dick all about this stuff. Okay. Um, I don't even trust my GP. Oh, most of the GPs I've seen in general because they've given me wrong information or misdiagnosis. Um, I've talked about this so much on my podcast, but how many virologists, immunologists in the world are there? Not a lot, I would imagine. Probably a handful, 100, 200 at at an expert class. 
the doctors being trotted out publicly are very rarely them. Because when you listen to the actual people who know what they're talking about on this topic, they'll say, hey, man, you shouldn't have closed the border, which that I disagree with a little bit because you needed time to slow the spread just so the systems can be preserved. But they didn't even do that. Anyways, they said masks don't work. They said all this stuff. Uh, these people who are once we support them, um, like uh, Michael Osterholm, who's now being ostracized by the media because he said, why are you still wearing masks publicly? It's not going to do anything particularly for the Delta variant. Uh, the actual experts are the ones being ignored and they're trotting out like just GPs and like hacks or political individuals. Now, on how they classify what a COVID death is, that was always a question and, and they've distracted people enough not to to talk about that anymore. But the, their argument is, well, they wouldn't have come into the hospital if they didn't get COVID. And say, like, okay, we're, we're playing this game. Fact, more people die annually globally from obesity than from COVID. Now, do you say they die of obesity or did you say they died of a heart attack? Because you usually say they died of a heart attack. Because if we want to play this game, we can say, okay, we have to now reclassify all heart attack deaths that were related to being obese as obese deaths. And you see how that now changes the view. The reality is, the opposite is quite the true with obesity. If you weren't obese, you wouldn't have half those medical problems. With the COVID thing, well, you can't fix age. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. Well, the next group of people getting targeted, oops, is obese people or unhealthy people or people with unfortunate diseases that there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, that's where we can be compassionate. But the, uh, if you're obese, we're saying they died of COVID. It's like, but... They came into the hospital and are now worse in the hospital. And there's a lot of that's why they stopped using the ventilators because the ventilators, they still use them for extreme cases, but they were literally putting everyone on ventilators right away. And you find out the reason they were doing it was to protect the hospital staff, not the patients. And once they realized the ventilators were killing people at a higher rate. So the early, a lot of the early deaths in North America were from medical intervention, not specifically from the other they will never ever record those early deaths as medical intervention deaths and in fact people have commented in the last two years they used to record in deaths uh, medical error deaths they've taken them out of all the charts they're no longer available they still record them but in the public data they they don't put that and it's like oh 200,000 people died last year in America of medical error because if we if people th think that and they don't trust the system. But here's the thing. Doctors are overworked. Even in the private system, they work too many hours. They work too long. They're tired. Outside of specific surgeries that require like a 14-hour surgery, uh, this practice of working like lunatics in the medical health professional needs to stop. That's why they make mistakes. And that's where I will have compassion for the medical field is, yeah, you guys have been working your ass off. However, you being stressed out does not justify you demanding we shut down everything because the issue is not me being able to offer my, my business or young people being able to walk around because they were never really an issue unless it's a young person living in a home with elderly people early on in the pandemic that was le legitimately something to be concerned about but again it's that misrepresentation of things and then people believe a lot of people i know they took the vaccine not because they felt it was the appropriate health thing for them 
but because they made a decision that, well, it's it's the best thing for society and it's I'm going to do my part. But really, when you dig deep, it's because they want to get back to normal and they believe once again that this is the path to normalcy, which may, may be true this time, but based on the entire year and a half of bullshit, do this, we'll go back to normal. No, do this, we'll go back to normal. And now you're bringing in some sort of social tracking system. And people are behind it because they believe it's going to make them safer. I don't see how. Say BC, for example. People believe that that passport's going to stop the unvaccinated from going places. Like, hey, idiot, they can go to the shopping center. They can go to retail. They can go into the grocery store. They can go on transit with you. They can be all around you. Like the icy dead people. They're everywhere. You're just stopping them from going to a few specific places that are the, quote, fun places, one of which is fitness, which is insane because you're saying these people, now you're taking away a mental health outlet and you're preventing people who are probably healthy anyway from continuing to be healthy as some sort of torture. How is this going to stop anything? It's illogical. It makes no sense. But they've convinced people that it's the right thing to do and this is how we're going to stop things. Uh, and these people like you and me are like, wait a second, something's not right here. Here's why. And there's a lot. There's a lot more people than people realize. They're just quiet. Again, a lot of people I know think something is very wrong. They just don't like being political. They don't like being controversial. They're just doing it because I want to get back to normal. I'm tired of this already. Why can't you just do it too and get along with us and be a nice citizen? And then you come back to, yeah. Doing your part as a good citizen is also how Hitler did what he did. It's also how the communists did what he did. It's also how they destroy the family unit. It's also uh, how things destabilize. What the hell are you talking about, right? But uh, we've been going on for a while. I, I think maybe we bring it back to martial arts a little bit, and then we can wrap it up. Do you, do you have any... Uh, yeah, no, I I, I love uh, I loved your train of thought, and... Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, with uh, with our uh, freedoms being stripped away, I think people they need to um, ask more questions, being a little bit more engaged. Uh, you you cannot um, function and uh, live in a free society with these type of restrictions and and uh, creating this uh, two tier society. Uh, I, I I think we are uh, we are again at, at this uh, you know at, at crossroads and and if we're not going to uh, look at the big picture and and start having meaningful meaningful conversations to to break everything down what's what um, we are going to end up in a in a very dark place uh, very soon I um, again coming from uh, communism I I really don't want to end up living. In, in some kind of authoritarian um, uh, system ever again. Uh, I, I want to be able to speak my mind. I, I, I really hope that the conservatives will, will also look at some of the, 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 the speech uh, laws that they enacted a, a, a few years ago. I think Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. was one of the first That's ones who... Famous. That's right. Who who spoke up uh, against uh, the the so-called hate speech uh, laws? That's right. And and now they are also coming after the guns of uh, decent good people. And a lot of people they they don't realize what the significance is of owning your own firearm. Mm-hmm. 
uh, people there thinking that uh, you don't need a firearm. You know, you, you live in a in an advanced society. We are civilized. We have law enforcement. We have uh, the, the the military. Uh, if if you need help, you know, uh, then you call the police and they will protect you, etc., etc. Um, you don't need to go hunting because you can buy everything at the store. You don't need guns for self-defense because you know use your brain, etc., etc. Um, the the significance of owning your your own firearm uh, is is the expression of the ult- one of the ultimate expressions of freedom that you're a free person. And and uh, if there's a tyrannical government uh, that's that's going to take over, and it's just a matter of time before well, before the you Taliban, have that. that's one yeah, of the first things they're, they're doing. Th- there you go. <laughs> yeah, just just take uh, good people's guns away, and and as soon as uh, Hitler and Stalin and Mao they conf- confiscated uh, guns, you know, with uh, with a big smile that oh, don't worry, just give us your guns and we'll take good care of you. Um, yeah millions hundreds of millions of people died um i think uh, the the communism uh, killed around uh, 120 million uh just hit, during hit, world war 2 yeah ju- just during world war 2 yeah. uh, not not Whatever. counting all the, the the suffering and the misery and and the famine and the hunger and and all that during their uh tenure and and then yeah hitler was a choir boy mm. uh compared to you know Mao stalin and, and mao and and all the rest of them uh, which so, is a disturbing thing to say, uh, but in uh, practical numbers, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, e- exactly. And and so I I, I think uh, for for people to realize that uh, that that there is uh, one of the things that uh, that keeps governments in check, and and it reminds them down in the United States too that the the Second and the First Amendment they they kind of go hand in hand, and and that that is a, a huge force. That that makes uh, wannabe dictators um, that that keeps wannabe dictators in check. Mm. Um, that they will think twice before they they start uh, implementing uh, a, a full out dictatorship. Look 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 at Australia. Mm. They confiscated their guns uh, a few years back, and and right now they can walk all over people. They can do whatever they want. Mm. Um, so I I, I think. Um, we we need to start fighting for our freedoms, uh, you know, in a peaceful way, and we we need to start expressing ourselves, uh, you know, intelligently and and uh, coherently, so that our representatives and, and and our politicians will will hear us. Um, we we can always uh, have disagreements, but uh, conversations will will need to to start happening. And and if uh, our media is letting us down, then then let's do something like this. Let's do podcasts. Let's uh, invite more and more people to maybe roundtable conversations. Um, I I was very honored when you asked me to to join you in this conversation. Um, again, this is my first podcast mm. ever. It's a lot uh, of people from for me. Yeah, and, and and you know, uh, again, I had the jitters when mm. uh, when we started, and and I'm just an ordinary guy you know the guy next door i i have no expertise in anything other than my life experience and i see the world you know as i am and and from my own experiences um again it's it's i i always try to um humble myself as much as possible because there there are so many smart people out there that are being underutilized nowadays Mm -hmm. 
and 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 again my my big shout out for all those great people who are standing up and and taking the lead and and being a shining beacon uh you are now becoming one of those people you know with, with your, you. your your podcasts and and more power to you and and i wish you uh nothing but the very best uh you know with your future podcasts and 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 i wish it didn't stop people. actually i i th- i believe i was one of the first in metro vancouver in the martial arts community uh life happened and blah blah blah, blah and i stopped for a few years and then a few few other people took off with theirs um i should have kept it up because i didn't really know what i wanted to do with it until covid and then i'm like i need to well, first of all, I'm sitting here doing nothing. Well, I wasn't doing nothing, but I'm like, I don't, I have time right now because I don't, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. So I'm like, oh, let's do that again. And it was because, like, you see the success of podcast. The reason why the mainstream despises podcasts is because there's no masters, and we can just put it on the internet, and they don't like that because they can't tell you what to do, they can't tell you what to say. Yeah, there's a lot of crackpots on podcasts now. But podcasts opened my eyes to the world. I felt alone and isolated until I found podcasts. Because unless you were at an Ivy League school with the best and the brightest, you didn't have access to intellectuals like Jordan Peterson or other people. Which before the controversy, Jordan Peterson was a very well-respected Canadian psychiatrist who worked at various Ivy League schools, I think including Harvard, if I'm not mistaken. One of those. And he's actually was one of the most published psychiatrists in Canada. And I would have never have known about him if it wasn't for podcasts or the internet. And, you know, that's when people say, I don't know where to get the information. I'm like, dude, podcasts, multiple sources of, of news from all over the world. You're not trying hard enough. They'll be like, where do you get it? I'm like, Facebook. They're like, huh? I'm like, do you know how the Facebook algorithm works? You click on what you like and it shows it to you. So every once in a while, if you want a different perspective, you click on something you normally don't click on, and all of a sudden, magically, your feed changes. You start showing you new things. People have experimented. That's how it works. It's not that they're, they, I mean, they are manipulating stuff, but you click on what you like, it'll show you what you like. So if you don't follow a diverse set of things, you will naturally, by the algorithmic nature, be given a echo chamber. So podcasting, uh, which I found through the Internet, I think I was just bored and looking at iTunes one day, actually. And I was like, what's a podcast? And I actually, the Joe Rogan one was one I used to listen to it when it was like episode 50 onwards. He's like thousand something now. And at first it's him screwing around, but then he started listening. He'd occasionally have someone intellectual on And I'm like, huh. And then for me, it probably honestly stopped me from committing suicide because now all of a sudden I don't feel alone. That there are other people out there that think like I think. And there are other people out there who have thought the things that I've thought that no one around me seems to be able to want to talk about or understand, uh, whatever that means. But it, it allows the ideas, as you said, the conversations to flow unrestricted, which is what people in control don't like. So the importance of free speech and podcasting, despite what they think, I don't think they'll ever be able to shut it down because if you, uh, if you know how to uh, need to, you can probably find a server in some country that doesn't care and you're protected and you can keep putting it out there. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Obviously, I'm doing it. So, But thank you for coming on. And, and I think this was a very productive uh, exchange of ideas and, and thoughts. It was my pleasure. Yeah. You're listening to 
The Warriors Den. Warriors Den. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions.